Tip Today with Fran Curry, IMRO Radio Award Gold Winner. In association with slatterysgarage.ie. Morning, welcome to Thursday's tip today. Alison here with you until 12 noon. Coming up on this morning's show, our listeners share their opinions, continue to share their opinions on Budget 23. We'll also be hearing the farmer's view on the budget. We'll be speaking to Pat O'Toole from the Farmer's Journal. Our dentist, Aidan Burke, will join us to warn us against too many warm winter drinks and the damage it could do to our teeth. He'll also be taking any of your listener questions. You can log them with us. Muriel Cuddy will be with us for a health slot and talking about getting into a winter routine. And we'll be talking about the sudden death overnight of the rapper Coolio. It may surprise you to learn that he played uh, a gig not too far from here back in the early 2000s. And we'll be speaking to some of the people involved in that show uh, following his sudden death overnight. Our phone lines are open 1800 Or You can text or WhatsApp 83 our competition as well today in conjunction with our friends at Talbot Fitness Clamel at the Talbot Hotel. We're delighted to give away the ultimate gift of fitness and health. We're giving you the opportunity to win four months free leisure membership at the Talbot Leisure Centre. All you have to do to be in with a chance of winning is text Jim, followed by your name and address to 083 311 now, with this membership, you can avail of all fitness classes, access to the multi-award winning gym, swimming pool, sauna, jacuzzi and steam room. So what more could you ask for? Just get yourself in shape before Christmas and get entering. We'll announce that winner just before the end of the show at 12 noon today. Now, yesterday on the show, we covered Budget 23 and spoke to Thonish Leo Varadkar as well about the upcoming changes. Lots of our listeners in touch to share their views. Michael was in touch with us. He joins me on the line now. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Alison. Good to talk to you this morning, Michael. What's your reaction to the budget? Is it something you're in favour of? Does it benefit you? Does it not benefit you? What's your reaction? In the long run, Alison, I think you're only plastering over the cracks, you know what I mean? Um, I think the government are being very hypocritical here, you know, it's it's a a giveaway budget that actually addresses nothing in the the scheme of things, you know. It's a cost of living um, crisis that they've created, you know, so, you know, throwing money left, right and centre is not really going to address, I I think all this money will be forgotten about in three or four months' time. Well, I mean, the benefits of it will certainly be finished in three or four months' time, like you said. When you look at maybe the double payments for child benefit and for various welfare payments, come February, March, I mean, that will all be gone and we'll be back at square one. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, look, I I suppose, um, you know, the cost of energy, like, you know, that that has been, to a certain extent, has been created by the government through carbon tax, through, you know, the untimely closing down of people generating power sources you know what i mean like i think everyone would be agree with that in the long run but you know we, we obviously hadn't the infrastructure in place to 
completely closed them down when we did. So you have the likes of that. Then you have the likes of the housing crisis. You know, you, you hear about, you know, it's a demand, demand issue. It is, but it's a supply and demand. Like, you know, we've huge uh, net immigration into the country. You know, if, if that was controlled to a certain degree and, you know, stop vulture funds, buying up houses and that, I honestly think, you know, house prices would fall if let market forces be market forces by 20 or 30 percent. Now, what they've introduced to try and tackle the housing crisis is the concrete levy, which I think a lot of people are very confused about because, if anything, it seems to maybe hinder um, fast production of, of building and of infrastructure. What they've also done then as well is this renters scheme where, where people could avail of maybe uh, some kind of tax benefit as well for renters. But what we found out this morning and what's received a lot of criticism in today's papers is that parents of students in, in student accommodation won't be able to avail of that. So do you think maybe there was a lot of quick decisions made without being thought through? Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, I still go back to the point, you know, it's, it's not going to address the issues in the long run. Like, we have a situation in Ireland where over 50% of people that are in um, flat-type accommodation receive some social welfare payments through HAP or, or whatever the case may be. So, like, it's, you know, we're, we're not addressing the root cause of the problem. What would you have done? What would I have done? Um, you know, it, it needs to be... The bigger picture needs to be looked. We need to control immigration to a certain degree. I'm not saying stop immigration, but it needs to be controlled. Um, we need, like, you know, the government are talking there, we need to build 30,000 houses for the next 20 or 30 years. No, we don't. We need to build them for the next two or three years and control immigration and stop vulture funds buying up estates. When you talk about immigration being controlled, what do you mean? Um, just last week, Helen McEntee brought out, at the moment, uh, with the highest... Asylum rate, we've had it 7,800 asylum to the 1st of June or July, I'm not sure, anyway. So say, say 8,000. Of them 8,000, 2,900 people um, arrived at the airport and had no documentation, passports or papers or whatever. So we're obviously creating a situation. What I think is strange as well, Michael, I don't know if you if you may have heard Fran's interview with Thonish Dalia Varadkar yesterday. Now, there was a, a figure put out this week whereby two billion of this budget has been allocated for the use of Ukrainian refugees. Fran asked him about this figure and Leo Varadkar wasn't clear. Um, he tried to maintain to Fran that he wasn't, uh, he didn't know the precise figure, so couldn't say it, but it has been documented that that figure is two billion. So whether he didn't know or he didn't want to say, I'm not sure, but do you think that he didn't mention it because it's too contentious? You know, look, everyone is, you know, everyone is uh, sympathetic to, to genuine refugees and obviously, you know, on the on the east coast of Ukraine, that's where the war is centred, and obviously there is a lot of conflict there. But, you know, Ukraine from east to west is about 800 kilometres. You know, it's kind of, you're kind of talking nearly from, from Dublin to Germany, that kind of thing. So, you know, from the centre of Ukraine is Kiev, over to the west is Lviv. Like, there's, you know, as far as I'm aware, you know, life is going on as normal as, normal as can be there. Like, you know, so why this, I, I'm not quite sure why, um, why these people can't be accommodated within their own country, you know. OK, Ireland provide funding or whatever until such time as it's safe. It just, I don't know, it doesn't really all add up, to be honest. Michael, have you benefited from the budget this year? Um, one thing, Alison, which, which I do think is good, they have reduced um, the cost of, of childcare of children in creche by 25%. And that, uh, to be fair, that is going to make um, a big difference to me, yeah. OK.
Um, the only problem with that, though, that I can see with, with the childcare um, scheme that they've brought in is that it, it will only benefit kids who are in creche. It won't benefit kids who maybe are going to a local childminder. Yeah, that is that that is true. And um, as I said, I'm lucky enough, mine do go to a creche, but that definitely is a, a ball of contention, yeah. Um, I don't know what they could do to address it. I don't know why it was specifically... Um, targeted to crashes, whether it could be implemented um, throughout the whole system. But yeah, it, it definitely makes a big difference because, you know, like I was paying the goods of 1200 um, a month childcare. So oh, it's, my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> like a, a mortgage payment, isn't it? It's huge. Uh, my, my mortgage is 800 oh. and my childcare is 1200 <laughs> So That's there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could I ask you finally, now, I, I, look, I don't want to ask you what way you're voting, yeah. but we know that with elections or with uh, budgets like this that are maybe preceding what could be an election, they tend to be giveaways to try and sweeten people ahead of an election. Would it sweeten you to vote Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael if you haven't already? No, or I definitely wouldn't be voting for the opposition either. I'd probably only vote independent, to be honest with you, Alison, because I, I think you could roll them all up into the water all the same. Okay, Michael, great to talk to you this morning. Thanks okay, for calling. Thanks, Alison. All bye the bye. best. That's Michael there. Let us know what you think. 083 311 or 1800 A listener says, regarding the fuel allowance, could you tell me if the €1,000 for the over 70s means that including the two pensions, your income could be up to €1,000 weekly? Uh, I'm not too sure. We might put it out there and see if, if anyone knows that. If you do, you can text us in. Another listener says it doesn't benefit community employment workers. They're only getting five euro extra. Seems you would be better off on the dole and not to bother going out to work at all. Mags joins me on the line now. Mags, good morning to you. Good morning, Ali. How are you? I'm great, Mags. Good to talk to you this morning. Now, I know you want to talk to us about hotel prices, the hospitality sector, of course. Uh, very disappointed with what they got or, or what they claim they didn't get in the budget. A lot of people saying they've been punished for gouging during the year. Now, you've been able to make a comparison between here and prices you've paid in France. Could you tell us more about that? Well, I was just doing a price check as to where I would end up. So basically, I was um, scrolling through the internet. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Bordeaux is coming in at two ninety eight, including your two nights stay in a hotel and the flight, the whole lot. And that is for midweek, Sunday, Monday, which I presume that is midweek Sunday. That's yeah. another argument. But um, I have a hotel booked in Ireland for Sunday, Monday, because as I said, I'm just browsing around, mm. 420 for the two nights B&B here in Ireland. God. There's some difference. And what did you say you're paying in France? Uh, 298, including flights. Including yeah. flights? Including the flights. And that's all done separate. You look up the hotel yourself and you just book the flights yourself. So, uh, But peak time, Ali, I'd love to know what is peak time in Ireland because I think... The 365 days of the year now are peak time in Ireland. Yeah, well, you'd imagine peak time would be Friday, Saturday, wouldn't you? Maybe Friday, Sunday, oh, yeah. uh, maybe in a bank holiday as well would be peak. That's correct. And even, you know, the summer months are peak time, so they can charge the extra. That's fine. Everyone's looking for a holiday. But during the winter months, this seemed to be, uh, this is for October, the 2nd and the 3rd. Yeah. You know, you think that would be off peak? And I suppose compared to a lot of Irish prices, 420, as much as it kills me to say it, it's not that bad, really, is it, compared to a lot of other places you could go to? 
but this is the attitude now of the public. Yeah. Do you know, because we're kind of so used to the hike in prices, fair enough. They have all, every place has an expenditure and staff and all that and overheads. But, like, they need the public to keep the doors opened. Do you feel like they're price gouging, Mags? Because I know they've been confronted on this many times and they say, no, it's a supply and demand issue and it, it all depends. You know, The reason we hike prices, we'll say, when Garth Brooks was around because everyone was looking for a hotel room, so that's what dictates the price. Yeah. Do you believe that? Well, to be honest, before, going back a good few years ago, I don't know, you're younger now than me. You Not might that remember. much now, Mags. But... Four Falcha was on board for B&Bs and all this hospitality industry. Mm. And they were guiding the prices and watching the prices within limitations that they could go over and above. So festival times, yeah, they'd allow an extra, you know, because everyone, that's their killing time, as we call it, that they can make a few extra bob. But that seems to be gone out the window. There's no control now. I think they can just throw down what they like. And another thing I found while I was searching was your dates are not available or a minimum of two nights stay. Yeah, I've that's coming that up myself. an awful lot. Yeah. yeah, that's coming up an awful lot now, which I hadn't seen that before. You know, I just find that they're going back to the few years ago when the hospitality industry totally nearly shut down and they all dropped their prices. Yeah, to try and help Do, us out. Well, help, you, well, help themselves out, help, never mind yeah. us. Were you listening to Liz Nallen yesterday? She was speaking to Fran about the budget and, and she was. was saying that she felt like the whole country was being punished for how Dublin hoteliers behaved. Would you agree with that? No, I would not agree with that because as hoteliers with a concert and everybody went mad when Garrett Brooks was coming because this was on the agenda with a few years. So they were going to pay no matter what. It was their holiday. They stayed for that, so the hotels kind of knew that. That was deliberate, I think, personally, myself in Dublin. But no, I wouldn't think that they're guided by that. Yeah. Because, like, hotels have been very, very expensive here in Ireland since after COVID. So we're picking up the pieces after COVID, I think, personally, because we... i just give you an example. We had the greed that's there. We had a wedding in Galway, and... Uh, we had, you know, obviously it was before the COVID and then COVID hit. So like everybody, they had to cancel their plans and their wedding. But we had accommodation booked for five people, deposit of €100 Euro paid. The wedding had to be rearranged again due to the government guidelines. So when we got a date, we rebooked the accommodation. And I was told when I rebooked it that this is your last time booking if it's cancelled again. And I said, but the guidelines haven't been lifted yet. I'm just securing in case. Mm. And uh, so that was grand anyway. And I ended up speaking to a manager. Not that I asked for one, but I just happened to get him on the line. And um, I just said, look, the wedding has been cancelled again because the numbers are not gone up to the requirement of the couple. So he said, I don't have time to be dealing with you. He said Ooh. like that. Oh, I, I, I actually got a shock. And I said... Well, whether you do or don't, I said, you need me, I said, as a customer. I was actually horrified. But he said, ring back next week and we'll know more. So, But you see, the deadline was going out then. Right. The five days of cancellation period. 
So I rang back, right? And I said that to him before I hung up. And he said, just ring back next week. He said, we'll know more. I rang back and they told me, yeah, my deadline was gone. <gasps> and I said, yeah. But I had rang and I spoke to the manager. And there was another lady I was talking to. And she said, sorry, we can't honour it. So last 100 euro deposit. Oh, my God. So I wouldn't have much respect, to be honest with you, with the handling. And it, it, everyone kind of just went into a greed mode, I think, myself personally. Yeah. Since the COVID. And we are all, all the public are paying for the closure. And I know they got government helping hand and stuff like that. But, like, nobody's given us money to go away for a break. That's true. Yeah. You know? What are you Small going to do thing. then? Are you going to stay here? Are you going to go to France? <laughs> I have my mind made up yet, Ali. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, France is probably looking a bit more attractive now, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, people would love to support the local industry of and course. the local hotels and restaurants, bars, the whole lot. And actually speaking, the reason why Bordeaux came up, I was speaking to a French couple. Well, they have Irish connections. And they said they hadn't been in Ireland for a good number of years, right? This will give you a good example. Mm. But they said we will not be returning. They could not get over the prices in Ireland for hospitality. And was it across everything? Was it hotel, restaurants? They went, yes. They went for a drink and thirteen fifty for two drinks. This is according to their budget over in Bordeaux. They said... You can get a three-course meal in Bordeaux, the finest of a three-course meal for €20. You'll get a small steak on that, but if you wanted to, you know, add your own size, you pay a supplement. But he said they just could not. They went for a meal and it was €102 for two three-course meals. That's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, which is like, like, you know, Ireland needs the industry of tourism and they're just outpricing themselves. Yeah, it's going to come back. It's going to come back like a few years ago, when they actually just did themselves out of business and they had to drop everything again. You know, and this staff shortage, I think that's just that's an excuse, to be quite honest. Well, I mean, look, I suppose to be devil's advocate, they would say nobody wants to kind of, you know, since COVID and COVID has changed how we look at work and we want a better work-life balance. And there's a lot of people now, they don't want to be working nights. They don't want to be working weekends. They don't want to be working maybe split shifts or 15-hour shifts. So that's why it's hard to employ people. But then on the other side of it, hospitality wages have never been amazing and you've always had to rely maybe on tips for that. So maybe it's time that hospitality industries look at how they pay staff. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because to keep the people at the top of the hospitality, be it managers, assistant managers, they need the people that are actually the ones that are dealing with the public and bringing in the money and a little bit more respect on the earning side. You're dead right there now. Well, Mags, can I ask, how did you fare in the budget? Were you happy with it? To be honest with you, it didn't make any difference to me, to be quite honest. Right. I'm not a millionaire out of it. <laughs> Do you know what? I think like everyone else, or most people, you kind of feel like you got a little bit, but it's been taken with whatever hikes are there and, you know, whatever fuel costs you have, whatever grocery bills you have. It's it's straight back out the door again. So really it nobody's is, benefiting. It's all temporary fix, you know yeah. what I mean? I think it's just a plug for themselves because my biggest fear is that when our children are, if they're abroad or wherever they are, they're going to be in about 10 years' time, they're the ones going to pick up a huge tax bill mm. and a huge bill for COVID payments and all this. 
I think it's going to be seriously passed down to the next generation, so it is. That's if they're still here. That's the problem. That's if they're still here. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's it now, Ali. Mags, great to talk to you this morning. Thanks a million. No problem. Take All care. All the best. Thanks, Mags. A uh, listener says the 100 million euro that this government gave to the people of this country regarding energy costs is a slap in the face to the people of this country. This government has done nothing to stop costs rising. They gave the 100 million euro to whoever supplies energy. Uh, the energy costs and the cost of running a car is scandalous and this government has done nothing. It's easy to give away tax money. Road tax, what people pay, only 7% of that money brought in goes towards the roads. The USC's and Pension levies were to be there for only a short time, but are still here. What do motorists pay at the tolls, which were only to be there uh, for tip roads, were paid? In this country, whatever government have always targeted their people who can pay, whoever that is. Barbara also says, I think Ireland has too many refugees. As much as my heart goes out to them, yes, it is heartbreaking. But Ireland needs to look after their own. Um, and Ireland's poor homeless people begging on the streets, uh, food, clothing. They're the ones that have been forgotten in this budget. Pat also says that uh, Leo stated yesterday this country is footing the bill for refugees coming here. Uh, that's right, because Fran asked him, was uh, that two billion that uh, we had researched that we, we know was allocated in this budget towards the refugee crisis? We asked if that was Irish taxpayers' money or if it was partially EU funded. And he did clarify that it was Irish taxpayers' money. And Pat says the building uh, defect redress has not been handled correctly either. Keep those texts coming into us 083 311 or 1800 We're back after this. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. Some mixed reaction to uh, the holiday price comparison. I'll just bring you what some of our listeners are bringing us this morning. A listener says, my grandson was going going to a Debs about three weeks before Garth Brooks' concerts, checked out hotel prices in Dublin. Listen to this, was quoted €585 just for one night. That's insane. Another listener says at €600, including flights for two people for two weeks in Lanzarote. A week in Killarney, same dates, €1,000 a week. I rest my case. That's from Anne-Marie. Although another listener says I have a hotel book just outside Westport for this weekend for two people, 120 B&B. I could have booked another hotel in Westport Centre for 100 B&B for two. Uh, that lady who was speaking to how many stars was her hotel? Yeah, I should have asked her what, what stars, but she said they were comparable. Uh, But you see, maybe you have to shop around to get a good price. Another listener says, my friend and I are off to Santa Ponza in mid-October. It's €600 per person, all-inclusive. That's flights, four-star hotel, two bags, transfer to hotel, priority boarding. Why would anyone holiday here? 600 per person, that's a good deal. Well done, hope you enjoy it. Another one, Mary says... 
In Thurles, I'm recently back from a trip to Rome. Five nights with breakfast for myself and my husband for three ninety in a three-star central hotel. We also got an espresso, a cappuccino, a hot chocolate and two paninis in a little Italian cafe for €8. Euro. My God, I'm always planning my next trip abroad. Prices in Ireland are just disgraceful. Mary, fair play. That was a great deal that weekend. Well done. Uh, keep those texts coming in to us. 83 311 or 1800 Mary joins me on the line now. Mary, Good morning to you. Good morning, Alice. We're talking about the budget this morning, Mary. How did you fare? Well, I'm speaking as an old age pensioner now, so I suppose I initially, yes, we have been looked after in the short term. Mm. In the short term. But all these payments are once off. Yeah, that's the problem. It is. And to be honest, um, the €12 a week increase, which comes in in January, is a slap in the face, I think. It was an odd number to come to, wasn't it? 12 euro. It was really weird. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look at... I, I heard somebody the other morning talking about, for instance, coal being 35 euro a bag. That is going to go in the next couple of weeks to 45. Yeah. So... Okay, we're getting the the, the extra coal, the, the extra fuel allowance, and the one stop payment. I don't know, is it four hundred? But like, what's going to happen next year? And come January, as I said, we have twelve euro a week extra, which wouldn't buy you a decent dinner to cook. Never to mind say anything else. Mary, can I ask you, have you witnessed this year? Because I've noticed in the last few weeks, you know, with with it getting colder, so we're all shopping around looking for fuel. Um, I got turf during the week and it was like buying drugs. And I was looking for coal. Lucky you. (laughs) I I feel bad even saying it now. I don't know if that's illegal anymore to say you got turf. If I could get it, I'd be getting it, but I can't. (laughs) But I tell you, it was so covert how I had to get it. And then with coal... Um, I was shopping, there there was a few deals go around in the co-ops and we went in one morning and the deal on the co-op was sold out in two hours. Like all of the cheap coal was gone. Like it's, people are starting to panic now about warming their homes for winter. Exactly. And the thing about that is, I I think a lot of people don't realise either that within the next few weeks there'll be no Polish coal here. So it will be all the smokeless fuel, which is fine in a stove. Mm. It's useless in an open fire. But Mary, you're not allowed to have the open fires now, don't you know that? Well, I have mine and they ain't taken it. <laughs> I know, and I have mine as well and I always get killed for it. People say you should have stoves now, you're not allowed to have open fires. No. I, I mean, have you priced putting in a stove? Sure, this is it. The, 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 the contraption for the chimney alone is over a €1,000 if you do it correctly. Yeah. You know, but that's just one aspect of it. The same applies to the ESB. Yes, um, you know, we're, we're looked after for a few months, but the standing charge mm. sometimes is more than what I use in electricity. And the problem, Mary, we have no idea what's coming in the next bill. We don't know how this bad is, it's going to be. This is the problem. This is the problem. Now, funnily enough, and I'm no genius, but I do understand why they can't cap it. I do. I do too. Because I hear people screaming, including our famous Sinn Féin, screaming, cap this, cap that. People tend to forget that it was capping the banks that 
brought us a lot of the way to where we are now. Mm. But aside from that, it doesn't punish the energy companies either. All it does no, is because it, they're still guaranteed exactly. their money. Yeah. And they're probably guaranteed it better from the government than they ever would be from us. And people also forget that if they do cap it, they're going to have to find that money somewhere. Yeah. We're going to be paying so, it some way. Exactly. It's more tax. Mary, what do you think of what they're doing in, in Italy and France at the moment? I mean, you know, they're, they're maybe a lot more revolutionary than us in that respect. But what they're doing is they're taking to village and town squares and they're burning energy bills and they're making a concerted effort that nobody will pay energy bills until the energy companies start being fair to people. Do you think we'll I ever actually, go down that road? I, I don't think we ever will because I don't think we've got battle for it. Mm. Would I agree with it? 100%. Yeah. Because I have always said... In, in, in every situation, people, I said it to a friend the first day he had me on about this a couple of weeks ago there. It's the only people that can change anything in this country is us. Yeah. And we proved and that with the water charges. That's it. But you see, I don't know what it's going to take because so far any of the marches that have been held either in Cork or Dublin, being honest about it, it's been dismal turnouts. Dismal. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Again, I said it to Fran. I'm not sure. Is it a feeling of total helplessness? Yeah. That people are at the point where they're saying it doesn't really matter what we do, but it does. It does. And, you know, this thing about get rid of the shower that's in, I agree. They're not great. The alternative... But then the alternative will be getting the same advice from the same civil servants. It will be. And I think that's something else that people forget. Yeah. Do you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think for a minute that this, in fact, any country is run by the government. It's not. It's run by the people that push pens. Yes. And our health service is another example of that. And the medical card issue, whilst I agree that more people should have medical cards, this hasn't been thought out at all. Now, I'm lucky with my GP. I never have an issue getting in to see him. Um, in fact, he's only two doors from me here. Would um, you get in the same day now, Mary? I, I, I would in the sense that, um, for starters, they know I won't ring them. Unless, unless you had to. I absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, I do have health issues and, I, I, you know, they look after me. He looks after me very well. And I have to say the hospital does as well. God knows I've spent enough time up there. But the problem, I know it from other people. And I've, I know friends of mine that have been extremely ill and have rang their doctor's surgery, for instance, on a Monday. And we'll see you on Friday. Yeah. And that's too and late for a lot of people. Is. It is, and giving more medical cards without enough GPs is just going to clog this system 100% more. Yeah. Or it means that GPs will have less time for their patients. They're, they'll be trying to, to cram them all in maybe in, in less time. So, exactly, you know, that, that's not good either. Some of, you know, some of the, the, the and I'm not referring to any particular GP surgeries, mm. not just here in Clanmel. But in a lot of towns, they're like cattle marts. Yeah. Already, 
you're in, you're out, you, you actually feel you're taken A nuisance. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you start or, to question, should I be here at all now? Maybe I'm not that sick at all. Maybe I shouldn't. Look, at, I did it myself yeah. last year and I wound up in, in, and again, it was my own fault and I, I stressed this, but I actually wound up up the hill, as we say, for 12 days with severe pneumonia. Oh, Mary. Uh, that was my own fault. and I, It wasn't your fault. It actually was. I totally put my... Well, it was and it wasn't to a certain extent because during the period that I had in November, um, you couldn't... Your GP, including my own, wouldn't see you unless you had a negative um, PCR test. Yeah. And at the time, trying to get in for a PCR test was... Was mayhem. I'd get to see the Pope. Yeah. Faster. And on the same day that I eventually got in for the PCR test, um, my family called an ambulance for me. Oh, Mary. <laughs> but, no, I'm grand. And, I mean, the care I got up there was second to none. But I do feel it's going to be a huge concern going forward as I said, I'm lucky with my GP. He's not overcrowded and he will generally always see me because, again, as I said, I don't ring unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. But I, I, I just think everything, I was listening to that lady that was on there before me talking about the hotels. Yeah, Mags, yeah. That's, uh, you know, it's extortionate. And that girl that from Thurless, the Mary girl that said she could go to Santa Panza for a week for 600 euros or go to Roma, wherever she was going. It's, you know, I mean... Yeah, it's a sad indictment, isn't it? Because I know we've always sold, you know, a, a lot of the, the romantic version of Ireland is, is what kind of we were able to jack up prices because of that, because people wanted to come to Ireland to experience Ireland sure. and Irish people. But we're not the same as we were. We're not the welcoming people maybe we once were. I know our food is fantastic and, you know, we deserve to charge good money for the food that we, we present to people. But at the same time, you can't be taking advantage of people. No, I mean, you do, yeah, we do. We deserve. And, and, you know, the hospitality industry has to survive as well. But €102 Euro for a meal for two people. I mean, that is ridiculous. I'm sorry. And it's not sustainable. Mary, it's I'll have not. to leave it there for this morning. Great to talk to you. Perfect, Ali. Thanks a million. All the best. Thanks, Mary. Bye -bye. Mind yourself. Uh, just to bring you some texts. Uh, we were talking about coal. This listener says, in my local hardware, the bag of coal I get is gone up to €45. Euro. That's with delivery. And we get €33 Euro fuel allowance. Uh, another listener says, one thing I'm dreading this winter because I've to use electricity boiler uh, that's worked by gas. Gas is going up again in October. Heating my house takes two hours. That's the same for a three bedroom. That's my only source of heating. Um, old age pensioners, 20 euro extra. Carers, extra 100. It's just not good enough. Babs also says, I'm a cleaner. My hours dropped a lot. I've an open fire with a back boiler. No gas, coal. It's very dear. Rent has gone up. It's wrong on all workers. We've gained nothing. It's just not fair. Uh, keep those texts coming into us. 83 311 Helen joins me on the line now. Hiya, Helen. Good morning, Annie. How are you? I'm good, Helen. Good to talk to you. Now, you're taking issue, we mentioned it a little bit this morning, about Leo Varadkar's comments on the money that's being allocated uh, for Ukrainian refugees. What's your thought on it? Well, my thought on it is that we need to look after our own people too and we need to have had a cap push on 
and the number of Ukrainians coming into our country uh, on two fronts. One, as I said, we need to look after our own. But the second one is that at some point, these Ukrainian refugees would be just left there with nowhere to go, nowhere to live, nowhere to work. And they're going to be in a very bad situation in a foreign country. Okay. What do you think should be done then? Because I remember, you know, Matty McGrath came out a few months ago and he said we should cap the number and he was completely shut down in the dole for, for saying it and was, was accused of being racist almost for doing it. But now it seems to be this argument that uh, a lot of people are agreeing with, but maybe people aren't saying openly. Do you think they should be capped? Absolutely. Yes, I think it should have been kept a long time ago. Our country cannot sustain the number of Ukrainian refugees we have coming in here. It seems to me that it's like virtue signaling and the part of our government and we the good boys of Europe attitude and not realising that they are playing with real people's lives Irish lives and the lives of the Ukrainians because we know these people are coming from a terrible situation but they're coming into a country where there is a growing resentment, now I don't have a resentment Mm. for them but there is a growing resentment for them because they seem to be getting houses medical cars being well looked after and we have so many Irish homeless and we have so many people in Ireland on waiting lists to get to see doctors consultants we have children who are being neglected because our healthcare system cannot cater for them but our government should be looking after both sets. You know, it, it shouldn't be a case of us yes. versus refugees. You know, everybody no. should be looked after. Absolutely. But we can't look after, we'll say, 8,000. We've got too many coming in at this point. Our country cannot sustain it. That's my point. Mm. We, we, should we keep take, taking in refugees until, what, there are a few million? I mean, what, what's the number? Yeah. I, I, what are we at now? I think we're at about just over 50,000 now at the moment. Yeah, I thought it was actually 55. Yeah, like, could it's, be that. Still, it's still a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we can take... And the other thing too, it's not all about the, the Ukrainian refugees. A few weeks ago, our government gave $50 million to the UN... The UNICEF, sorry, program for... Um, catering for malnourished children mm. and we have and we have our own children here who are hungry who, who are going to be cold who can't won't be able to be clothed properly now my, my biggest point about the 50 million um, euro dollar dollar donation is that uh, the US had given 200 million they asked the rest of Europe to give 250 million. Ireland trumps up with one fifth of the European request. Are we under any obligation? I would assume we would be from the EU to, to put some money put forward for that. I'm, I'm sure oh, it's not I going willingly. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But one fifth is crazy. Yeah. We're not rolling in it, but certainly we needed to have made our donation. But 50 million, one fifth of the entire European request is too far and too much.
It's yet again virtue signals. I can just see Leo and Mia Hall um, patting themselves on the back so much that they're nearly breaking their arms with how good they're being. But forget about the people of Ireland. Forget about the children of Ireland. We had in our our um, we have we speak about the. Sorry, now I'm stumbling here. Okay. We're talking about the cherishing the children of the of the country equally. This was in the proclamation of the Irish Republic, mm. and our children are not being cherished equally by our government. Helen, I'll have to leave it there for this morning. Great to talk to you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Helen. Good morning. The Imro Radio Award-winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to Tip Today. A huge reaction. I'll bring you some of that in a moment. But first of all, there have been problems with the car park system on the Schlievenamon Road in Thurlis. And now community activist Tommy Barrett joins me now. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Alison. And would you mind if I started with a quick positive? Uh, of course. I just wanted to suppose, firstly congratulate Ryan's Daughter Restaurant on winning the best shop run competition yeah. in Corliss, run by Tidy Towns. A brilliant shop run there on Rossler Street and well-deserved to Gary, Geraldine and all the staff. And also, just to also say that um, I'm also delighted to see that the Tipperary Hurling Minor team will receive a civic reception on the 8th of October in the Dome following their All-Ireland win. Uh, this year, I suppose, I was, would have taught a lot of them young lads after subbing in different schools in Tipperary. And the day after the All-Ireland win, I contacted Cahirlock, Roger Kennedy, about awarding a civic reception. And of course, Roger is a big GA fan like myself and yeah. went went about proposing this to the council. So look, it's going to go ahead and it's great for the boys, great for Tipperary. And they deserve GA. it. Ah, they deserve yeah. it. They would, when you think of um, two All-Irelands came back to Tipperary this year, the, the Doris Oak Fela winning team with great achievement mm. and our Tipperary minors. When you think of all the after school and coming to Torless, a lot of them coming from different places around Tipperary. Massive effort put in there, so it's well deserved and yeah. well done to the council for uh, paying this tribute to them. Absolutely, and what a win against Offaly. We'll never forget it. Could you tell us, though, um, the Sheepnam on Road car park, what's the issue there? Yeah, well, I suppose the Sheepnam on Road car park was opened uh, late 2020 and it's accessed by uh, McKevitt's cost cutters and also down there by Sheepnam on Road. And I suppose there was a new barrier system uh, put in and I suppose it was new for Torless because all the other car parks around are just, you go in and you pay and display and they're monitored by the traffic warden. But this one, new barriers were put in and um, they haven't been working right since they were put in. I know from certain people, they were caught in there for over an hour and a half. And what's the, the issue? Is it when the, the, it doesn't take the ticket or what is it? Well, it takes a ticket, but when, you, when you've paid and everything, it, w- it won't open from the inside, you're stuck inside. Right. And many people were delayed. I know the council received lots of uh, complaints from very uh, irate people who missed important appointments and things like that. So I suppose the council have reacted to this um, complaints and now the barriers have been removed. Okay. So it's reverted back to paying this day. But my point, I suppose, is and my concern is I put in a freedom of information request to ask how much these barriers cost. The barriers cost in excess of 94000 to install and now they have been removed. And I suppose there'll be no um, public statement by the council for us, the taxpayers, to let us know, well, is this a long-term move now? Will the barriers go back at all in the future? And if not, will the council be reimbursed from this money and where will it be spent? I think that's that's an important Mm. point. Would you be in favour of the barriers coming back, Tommy? 
Well, I think if, if they operate properly, like we see them operating properly in every other car park around. But I suppose my, my question was, well, Alison, like, you know, we see all the other car parks in Torres are paying this play. Why spend 94000 on this? I mean, when we ask the council to carry out small tasks, I, I'm always, you know, street lights or tree pruning or drainage. The, the answer I always get back is, it's not in the budget. We don't have the funds. Yeah. That there was 94000 to, to to splash out on this. And the system isn't working, and there's been no public statement to let the people know. Well, this is our plan for this. I think people are entitled to be kept in the picture about this. And have you got anything back from the council about it, Tommy? Well, I received a freedom of information request last evening, and I have asked a number of questions um, that I relate to you there. So I, I am hoping that um, they will come back to me. But I am hoping they'll also make a public statement that the people at Torles in general will, will be able to find out and be, be kept in the picture on this. Okay, Tommy, we'll have to leave it there for this morning. Great to talk to you as always. Thanks, Alison. All the best. Thanks, Tommy. Uh, just to bring you some text before we go to uh, the outbreak before news. Listener says, if you can't take care of the Irish, you most certainly can't take care of anyone else. We'll end up with ghettos. This government is in for a rude awakening in the next election. Georgia Nina says the glaring problems that we have in this state are housing and health. What has this budget done for either? What a complete waste of an opportunity to tackle this crisis. Another listener says there are thousands of hotel rooms in Ukraine that could be taken by those fleeing, but it's a much better financial deal for Ukrainians to come here. It's a scandal. That's from James in Nguyen. Uh, finally, listener says fuel, coal, etc. is all gone up because our TDs, except seven of them, voted for the carbon budget, which will see increases every single year. The Green Agenda want us to move away from these and are forcing us with a price. Uh, our Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Green, Sinn Féin and many independent TDs voted for this. Keep those texts coming into us 83 311 or 1800-938-007. News next. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to Tip Today. A reminder our dentist, Aidan Burke, will be coming up later on this hour. So if you have any questions for him, you can send them in to us now. Text or a WhatsApp on 83 311 or Emma standing by 1800 A reminder as well of our competition in conjunction with our friends at Talbot Fitness Clomel and the Talbot Hotel. We're delighted to give away the gift of fitness and health. We're giving you the opportunity to win four months free leisure membership at the Talbot Leisure Centre. Now, with this membership, you can avail of all fitness classes, access to the multi-award winning gym, swimming pool, sauna, jacuzzi and steam room. A great opportunity to get yourself in shape before Christmas. All you have to do is text Jim. Followed by your name and address to our number 083-311-3311. Just to bring you some text we've been getting, uh, we've been discussing budget and various issues pertaining to that in the first hour. Uh, it was Mary as well was talking to us about GPs. One listener says, one issue that has crept in regarding GPs, we now have secretaries asking what is wrong with you so they can assess when you can see a doctor. A secretary semi-diagnosing, I have a big issue with that. Yeah, you're right, it is a big problem and you wonder, should I really be giving this person all of this information? But you kind of have to now. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it doesn't sit well sometimes. Another listener says, regarding medical cards, um, 
I have two children living in Cork. It took my son three weeks to find a doctor that would accept a medical card. And my daughter was refused because she was over by 11 euro. I think everyone should get the medical card. Let us know what you think. 83 311 or 1800-938-007. Jimmy joins me on the line now. Jimmy, good morning to you. Come on, Ali. Good to talk to you this morning, Jimmy. Now, I know we're, we're back talking about the budget. Can I ask, what did you make of the budget? Were you happy with it, unhappy with it? Uh, so, look, they give, us a, they give some people raises. Like, I, w- I will agree, yes, the, the working person... Now, I don't work myself at the minute, but the working person, yes, didn't come out the right side of it. I would agree with that. So, but the people on job seekers, they give them a raise, but as I said, they'll... They'll give it you in one hand and they'll find another way to take it out, out in the other. Yeah. So, so uh, have you... Now, I haven't done it myself. I probably should. Have you sat down and gone through what the figures are and how much you'll be up? Uh, like, you'll be up, I suppose, an extra, an extra less than 20 on the job seekers. And uh, you get a small bit extra on the on monthly for the kids. But as I said, like they'll give it to you, but they're going to take it, it, it... They'll take it out in the other hand. And it don't... It don't... It don't make things meet at home when you actually do need it. And so you're on job seekers yourself, then, Jimmy? Yes, right. Yeah, I'm on jobs. I I used to work one time, so I used to, but uh, don't work no more. And straight up with you, the way the country's gone, I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to work no more because the working person, in my eyes, is being punished today. Was it a choice you made to stop working, or was no, it... no, 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 no? I had a I had a small bit of a disability, and I had to stop working. Right. So, so I had, but in my eyes, the working person has been whiplashed. Yeah, so it wouldn't incentivise you to go back working anyway? No, 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 not a hope. There, there was actually a neighbour of mine one time. He was a good friend of mine. He, he was living beside me, and uh, so I was. I explained to my much my rent was at the time. He was paying eleven hundred euro a month for his house. He was paying for his car. He was paying some something like over a grand. That was without medical cards, without food on the table, without school. Like, where where's that money meant to come out of? You get me? Yeah. So absolutely, unread. But as I said, the government they give you the money, they give you a, a bonus. You think yes, all oh, lovely, I get an extra twenty euro or whatever. But if they left things the way that they were, don't go rising things. Leave things as they were. Never mind rise the prices. Like I, we collect our money right on a Wednesday, and I collect mine and she collect her for the kids. But an ordinary person is collecting every week for a child to keep them food and clothes is 22 euro. Something like 22 euro. It's not all out 25 euro. But uh, 22 euro, nearly fully convinced of that. But uh, that's meant to keep your food and clothes for a full week. Like, that, that's impossible. Now, there's, there's often weeks and we would make, like, it's, it wouldn't cover you. Now, you'd be, you'd be absolutely short at that. My, my electricity a week, I pay 100 euro. That's my electricity. My rent is just closed down 140 euro. My shopping, we'll have to do, we'll do that twice a week. Could be 150, 200 euro a shot. That's for five kids. Now, my oil yesterday, we actually got there, we actually got this lump sum yesterday. Notice the other way you get the fuel every year. Yeah. So we got that yesterday. So I said, look, at the time I said to top up with oil. So I went to do, I went to do the oil. I had oil in my tank since last, since last April. So, I went over your man said, how much do you want to put in? I said, I wasn't sure on the price. Did you get me? And I said, look, put in about 200, 300. But he said, uh, you do realise that if your tank is low, it'd cost up again 100 euro just to bring the 
just to bring the, the eye to the level of the valve running to the boiler. That's before you turn, before you get it. Yeah. So now, and that, that won't keep, believe me, I won't keep it good, not with the price of now. If you put in two or three hundred euro, you're absolutely lucky. You'd be lucky to knock a month out of it. But then, Jimmy, you know a lot. You know, a lot of people I know will blame the government and say it's their fault for rising prices. A lot of this, and when it comes to fuel and energy, a lot of it is out of their hands, particularly when it comes to oil prices. Yeah, you can go to any 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 other country. I know people look that went on holidays, and they'll tell you that the price the price of things in other countries that this country is a day like robbery. So, the, and it is a day like robbery. Never the cost of living from week to week. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and my my belief the government they want to get they want to get their heads out of their backside and wake up. It's easy for right, easy for people in power and government. They're on fucking forgive me language. They're on they're on savage money money every single week. So yeah, I'd love to see them right try live off of, off of a two or three hundred euro a week. Right, cover cover your rent, cover your houses, cover your your schooling. Do you get me? Like, it's, yeah, it's but a, Jimmy, I, you know, I do have listeners who are texting in who are saying that it, it they're paying, the taxpayer is paying for you, so you're oh, in no position to yes, lecture. Yes, yes, but I, as I said, I was working one time. It's not my fault I wasn't working. I had a disability. And I do I do agree with them, yes, that the already working person is being less. I do agree there. We did have some texts in from people yesterday saying that welfare is too high in this country. Uh, 200 euros. Like two two hundred euro, right? If you say collect two hundred, now that's I collect two hundred euro. Any new person signing on on a job seekers, they they're only entitled to a hundred euro. So where's a hundred euro meant to say? Give them a place to live, pay your rent, your ESP. Like it's it's impossible. It's, but it do you also get fuel allowance? Uh, the fuel allowance is uh, for the twenty twenty euro a week. Twenty euro wouldn't cover it for a tank of oil. A tank to buy uh, to buy a uh, fucking uh, five gallon drum of oil right now. It's thirty-five euro, and I won't even fill it. The twenty euro they're giving is not is one in cover. A bag of coal is forty-five euro. But you're also on children's allowance then as well, and that'll be a double payment. And but, you'll uh, have a double payment welfare as well before Christmas. The, the, the whole every it don't make a matter if you're working or what you are. Every woman gets family allowance. That makes no matter if you're working or who you are. That's a, that's a every person is entitled. Everyone is getting family allowance. Sorry. That makes no difference if you're working or not. Everyone is entitled to that payment. So what would you have done then if you were in charge of the budget this year? What would you have increased? What would you have, have cut? I would have cut the price of food, the price of the cost of, uh, the cost of what you call it, the cost of living, fuel. I would have cut that. I would, I would have, yes, I would have tried to make things that bit easier to live. Like on a weekly basis, it's absolutely impossible. Yeah, you'd have to. You would have to actually try live with it to believe it. Do you get me? You'd have to actually try live with it to believe it. When you're in a house and, and you're paying bills, bills into the door, into the door, television licenses, and you have to do it. If you don't do it, like you're in trouble. Yeah, but everyone yeah. is in the same boat. Everyone has had to to cut their cloth. Oh, stop! Tell me about it. Everyone is complaining about it. But as I said, if the government just stop rising everything, stop but it's rising, easier right? said than done, Jimmy. Like there, there's a lot of very complicated factors involved in that, and it's there. A lot of them are global. It's not specific to Ireland. I know, global. What about this country? It keep worrying about our. It's it keep worrying about other countries. But problems. what happens in other countries affects how we operate here. 
I, I know what you're saying with this crack with the war and everything, but it can affect everything. Like, do you get me? It can affect certain things, but it can it can affect everything. And the way it's going out, it's affecting people's lives. Uh, I've one listener here saying you need to get a job and stop living off the taxpayers. Say it again? A listener is saying you need to get a job and stop living off taxpayers. I know, but how many people living off the taxpayers? I, I'll put it this way. Nearly 80% of people in Ireland this minute is on job seekers. Do, do you get me? Like, there's... There's very little work there. I don't know about that, Jimmy. I think, you know, I mean, we know about the shortage of people in hospitality. There's always jobs going in hospitality, in retail. There is, but maybe see, maybe they're not getting the money that they actually want to work, you get me? But as I say, look, the cost of living in this country is absolutely, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, and I, I was never as hard as what it was. It's absolutely, it's gone through the roof. All right, Jimmy, I'll have to leave it there for this morning. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely perfect. Thank you. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Another listener in says the social welfare payment should be abolished and given to the elderly and disability and health. A listener says you choose not to work. That's his problem. The rest of us um, getting up every day, working, never signed on a day in our lives, trying to raise a family and pay a mortgage. Jimmy has some cheek. Get off his backside and go to work. Uh, another listener says if he's on disability he shouldn't be getting job seekers another listener says I do understand that gentleman is on disability but people on disability can work for 19 hours and still get the allowance in the catering industry they're crying out for staff to work uh, let us know what you think 083 311 we're back after this the Imro Radio Award-winning Tip Today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all-new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to Tip Today. Some breaking news this morning. Bank of Ireland has been fined 100 million euro. That's 100.5 million by the central bank over its handling of its tracker mortgage customers. It's the largest fine ever imposed by the central bank. The regulator has said that 15,910 tracker mortgage customer accounts had been impacted by the bank's actions between August of 2004 and June 2022. The central bank also found Bank of Ireland's failures resulted in the loss of 50 properties, including 25 family homes. Bank of Ireland has admitted in full to 81 separate regulatory breaches. The central bank fined the bank 143.6 million, but this was reduced by 30% under the settlement discount scheme. So that's in breaking news this morning. Let us know what you think. 083 311 or 1800 now to something different now. It's the season of pumpkin spice lattes and mulled ciders. And while our taste buds may love it, our teeth certainly don't. Now it's that time of year where as well a nice piping hot salted maple and caramel latte is the perfect pick-me-up during the autumn. But uh, don't forget it can wreak havoc on our teeth. Aidan Burke is our dentist. He joins me on the line now. Aidan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good to talk to you this morning, Aidan. Now, our favourite kind of autumn and winter coffees, yeah. they can be a big culprit when it comes to, to excess sugar, but maybe we don't consider it. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I've never had one now, to be honest with you. A, what is it, a pumpkin Oh, you're missing latte, out, Aidan. You're missing out. <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds luxurious. Uh, I'm sure if it tastes good and it's nice, it's probably full of sugar. 
But um, like anything, it's it, it's the quantity, the frequency. Like I'm sure something in moderation every now and again is no is no problem. But when you when you drink sugar, so when you take sugar, you take a sip. It doesn't really how much you take. You take a gallon of it, you take a sip of it. It it changes the saliva in your mouth and it becomes acidic and it attacks your teeth and it takes half an hour to neutralise that acidic effect. So if you're sipping on the drink throughout the day, you have a constant attack throughout the day. But if you drink it all in one go, you kind of have one attack. So it's more about the frequency of the sugar intake. So something like every now and again is okay, but you, you certainly wouldn't want to be drinking these all day, every day. And also, I'm sure calories and diabetics, there's a, there's a huge, I'd say these things are loaded with calories, but certainly sugar, if it tastes good, it's probably full of sugar. It's the bad news for everyone. Does it make any difference if it's hot or cold? Does that have any bearing? No, I don't think so. Not to my knowledge now with uh, sugar, I don't think it would. No, once the sugar in it, it's in it. Uh, now, once it, yeah, no, definitely. No, I don't think the hot or cold is going to make any difference because there's lots of sugar in Coca Cola, so that's cold. So, no, I don't think the heat is going to make a difference to it. Your people might have sensitive teeth, is the only thing. And if it's very hot or very cold, you might notice in your sensitive tooth. But no, it, it, so sugar is all about the frequency of intake and everything in moderation. You know, if you if you're drinking two or three two or three three of these a day, it's not good. Mm. You were and, talking about yeah. um, sensitivity there as well. Yeah. You know, when you do get that short kind yeah. of sharp thing on your teeth, you know, should you be seeing a dentist if you're getting that, or are, are people just yeah. prone to it regardless? Yeah, probably best to get it checked out. To be honest, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Everyone should be getting a checkup anyway. Yeah. So sensitivity. So your gum, we brush a lot more than we ever did before. And your gum covers your root, and your root has nerve, no nerve endings in it. And the crown of the tooth is covered by enamel, which has no nerve endings as well. But as you brush or as you get older, the gum recedes a little bit, and it leaves some of the root exposed, and the root has nerve endings in it. So when the cold or the hot hits it, you get like almost like a shock, like an electric shock, and it can be quite quick and quite intense. It affects everyone differently. Uh, there are quite good products. There's a, there's a, a, a kin, a sensi kin hypersensitivity gel, which is quite good actually. But you, it's a one-off use, so if you buy a pack of that, you get it in most pharmacies, you can apply it on two or three times a day for about two weeks until the tube is gone. That can work quite well. But if it's something that persists, I would definitely get it checked out because it might just be more than sensitivity. You could have a hole or decay, and if that's left, it can lead to, to a lot more problems. So certainly I would get get things checked out. If you have a medical card, you have a free exam for a year. If you're working and you're covered by PSI, you're entitled to one free dental exam per year and a cleaning for €15 once a year. So these are all things that people, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, you know, eligible, you should definitely be, be taking them up, you know. Yeah. And self-employed people are covered now as well. Is it still, I know there was issues, particularly post-COVID, um, dentists were dealing with a huge backlog. Is it still yeah. the case that people are waiting yeah. or has that been caught uh, up on? The, the way, the, I suppose the way there is waiting is that there is probably a shortage of dentists and certainly the referral into the HSE system to have teeth taken out or to have orthodontics, there's a massive waiting list. And that'll take a long time to get through. I couldn't tell you how long they are, but certainly I know the orthodontic list is just years, maybe. It's mm. a long time. I don't know how you'd fix it. Just for anyone who is maybe waiting for something like simply like a filling, I know there's kind of putty yeah. you can get in the pharmacy. Is, is Look, that any good to tide yeah. you over? Well, sure, if you're stuck and you're over a weekend, you can't get into something, something breaks and it's sharpened your tongue and it's cut your tongue, go into a pharmacy and get a little bit of putty and seal it. It'll stop the irritation of your tongue. But do go to the dentist. That's not a long-term fix. Yeah. But yeah, it will work. It will. You can get it. So you mix it like a little bit of mala, and you stick it in, and it will. It will cover you. The, the you know for a day or two until you get into someone. You know. Yeah. It will. 
Can I ask, uh, go to some listener questions then? A listener says, course, yeah. after an extraction at a private clinic, I still feel pain at the side of my head. I have a sore shoulder and nausea a week later. Is this the effects of the <coughs> x-ray or is it something else? It's definitely not the effects of the x-ray. Anyway. Uh, so I don't know what's the short answer to you. Uh, there is a thing called a dry socket, which is an infection you can get. When you take out a tooth where the bone heals, you can get an infection in there. It comes about three or four days later. You get a bad taste. It's actually quite sore. Uh, probably worth going back to where you got it taken out. It could just be bruising as well, but it might be worth just going back and get it checked. It's not the x-ray, and I wouldn't think in my uh, humble opinion. Okay. Um, another listener says they had two wisdom teeth removed in their top jaw last year. Or Sorry, two years ago. Uh, now one side on the bottom is giving pain. Will yeah. I have to get that out? I don't know the short answer to you, but if it persists to give you pain, you probably will have to get it taken out, but you'd need to go to the dentist, get an x-ray and see what it is. I would get that checked up because it might be a simple fix that if you leave, it could end up being an extraction. But get that checked out because it might necessarily be the wisdom tooth on that side. It could be the tooth in front of it or tooth in front of that. So if you leave it, it's not going to get any better. So I would go in, get an x-ray and see what the opinion is on that. It may be extraction, it may not. It's very hard to tell. Okay, uh, another listener says, I have a swollen gum periodically on the upper jaw of one side every so often. It doesn't depend on what I eat. It just seems to get swollen and sore and then goes away again, but will happen about yeah. twice a month. Okay, go get that checked out. Uh, okay. Go in and get it checked out, yeah. It could be an abscess or it could be something to do with the gum, uh, but I would just get that checked out as well. Definitely, if it's coming twice a month, it's something that's recurring. So it's it's, it's swelling up and then it's relieving itself and then it's swelling up again, relieving itself again. So it sounds like an abscess. Now, whether the abscess is coming from a hole in the tooth or whether it's coming from your gum, I, I would definitely get that checked out. The longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be fixed. Okay, a listener's asking, are water flossers any good? My dentist recommended one, yeah. but I'm sceptical. Um, I don't know a whole pile about them, but I see people who use them, and anyone who uses them seems quite happy with it. Uh, as long as you're... There's different ways of cleaning in between your teeth. You can use the floss, you can use the brushes, you can use the water flossers. Whichever one you're using and is working well for you, it's just a different way of doing it. Um, it might, If you're finding difficulty cleaning in between your teeth, it might be worth the go to try it, yeah. Okay. I've seen people have used them and they, they seem quite good. Good. All right. Marie is asking, I've had ear pain since February where I can't lie on that side. It's constantly throbbing and sometimes goes completely oh. cold. I've tried antibiotics and drops, been to the doctors five times. Uh, the doctors inquired if I had a root canal recently, which I have, one on the upper canine and another on the lower canine on that side. Um, I've done yeah. research and found that root canals can cause nerve damage that can result in ear pain. I was wondering if there's any cure for this. I don't know. I go back and get x-rays. I don't think a root canal on the canine is going to affect your ear, but it possibly could. But I just don't think the canine's a bit far forward. It'll be more towards the nose and the eye. I would go in, get re-x-rayed. I would definitely, this has gone on too long, go in and get it checked up, rule out dental anyway. And then you can say it's not dental or it is dental or we've tried all this and tried that. But go, go in and get an exam, explain to the dentist the, the pain at the top and bottom that you've seen the doctor. And that at least when you, if it's not dental, you can go, go to the next doctor and say it's not dental. So we need to move on to the next diagnostic okay. area. So She's I, wondering, I is it safe to fly? She's due to travel out of the country next week. Is it safe oh, to fly? God, I don't know is the short answer. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure it's okay, but I don't know. You'd want to get that. I'd just go ask your GP maybe. Okay.
listener says, I have a five-year-old with three bad baby teeth. Should I take her to the dentist or let them fall out on their own? They're not causing pain. Oh, it's a great question. Uh, there's a lot of answers to that. Uh, so one is maybe go to the dentist and get it fixed. The second way to look at it is to go, you go to the dentist, the child is five. It might be traumatic to get the teeth fixed and then they might not have trouble going again. So there's two ways of looking at it. Maybe go into the dentist and get a checkup with a view to see what are the options with it. One is that you leave it and let them fall out themselves. The other options they're falling out a bit earlier, which may cause problems with spacing in the adult teeth. But the, the, there's no perfect answer for that. It, it, there's a plus and minus to both sides. I would definitely go in and get go in and get a look and see and just ask the dentist. Say you're not sure if you really want to do something about it, but what do you think of one of the options? It's hard to tell. It may be a simple fix. The hole might be that big. I'm not sure. Mm. Another thing: the child is five with three holes. You need to watch the diet. There's too much sugar there. I would think. Okay. What? How old do they have to be before they get the fissure seal? So the fissure seal is usually done in adult teeth, and the first adult tooth comes up at six. So you're looking at between six and eight. Now back with that, uh, that baby tooth, sometimes it's think they might have developmental abnormalities as well, which may be more susceptible to decay as well. But um, so it might not just be diet. But I would just get it checked out just to see. Okay, uh, listener says, what does Aiden think of those new home whitening kits? The 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 home whitening the home kits, whitening kits, oh, the ones you do whitening. at home, yeah. Oh, I don't know much about them, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. I don't know what's in them, to be honest with you. I, I haven't, I haven't looked at them or seen them, so I don't actually know. Okay. Would you recommend sort of whitening at all at all, or do you think it's, it's going to damage the teeth? <sighs> it's usually okay. Uh, it, you need an exam before you get it done, certainly, uh, to make sure there's no holes in your tooth or no, it might be susceptible to so that sensitivity. You would want to put any white and general sensitive teeth. So it, it look it, it does work, but you do need an exam before you get it done to make sure everything's okay. Okay. And even if you do, just say to your dentist you're doing the whole whitening kit, um, and just say they think you're suitable. Okay, uh, Aidan, Anyone who's looking to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, so we're at thirdestdentist.ie or we're at 0504-21262. But thirdestdentist.ie, send us an email, they'll get you to us. Aidan, great to talk to you this morning. Not Thanks all. for Thank your you. time. Bye. All the best. That's Aidan Burke there. Uh, Mary joins me on the line now. Mary, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Hi, Mary, good to talk to you. Now, we were talking this morning, Mags was uh, talking to us about hotel prices and comparing um, prices in France with here and talking about how we're being ripped off. Now, I, I read out your text as well, but tell us, what did you pay for Rome? Um, we went to Rome for five nights, um, just a, a break for our wedding anniversary. We normally go away for our wedding anniversary. So uh, five nights in Rome cost us in a three-star hotel, fairly central location with breakfast for five nights, cost €390 Euro for the two of us. What? Yeah. Oh, that was for nothing. So it was um, fantastic. Like, the location was about 10-minute ten, ten walk from the Trevi Fountain. So we could walk everywhere if we wanted. And did you just get a good deal, Mary, or is that kind of the, the, the general price over there? That's what um, you're... We, we we do a lot of research. Um, if we're going somewhere, we'll do a lot of research beforehand. So we could be on, on, on booking.com or anything a few months beforehand, just yeah. looking at pricing and keeping an eye on things the whole time and the same with flights. Okay. So yeah. there is a lot of work put into getting a good deal, but they are out there. Um, but I did find that Ireland is 
is just gone so expensive. I did look at different places in Ireland during the summer to go with the family mm. down to Killarney. We love going to Killarney and we just couldn't go. I just couldn't justify paying the price of, of hotels or b and How much were you looking at in Killarney to pay? I should, like for, for a hotel, just say for, for three of us, um, a hotel room, you were looking at maybe 250 300 a night. Oh my God. You know, so just it just you just can't compare the pricing. So, um, just just to go abroad, and as much as as Ireland is a lovely country and we love our country, I also love to see what else is out there in other countries, yeah. meeting new people, and um, just experience and different cultures and things like that. Would you ever try Airbnb, Mary? Have you looked at those, or would you always go hotel? Um, we would mainly go, we haven't booked an awful lot of Airbnbs and the reason for that is because you, they normally look for a deposit up front. Okay. Whereas we, we find with, say, Booking.com, you can make reservations and you can cancel maybe a day or two days beforehand. So um, we like the whole free cancellation with that. But you can get um, you can get apartments on Booking.com as well. So. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you um, think, I mean, when you look at the prices we're paying here then, do you think we're we're being totally ripped off? Oh, absolutely, yeah. As I said, um, my my son came home from school yesterday. He went out at lunchtime, he said, and he went uptown and he got a cappuccino or something and it cost him 3 <sighs> Now, I, I, when we were over in Rome, as I said in my text, we got, um, we went to a local little Italian um, cafe just near the hotel, the, the, the lady hadn't a word of English, but that didn't matter. She understood what we were asking for. Okay. Um, we got, say, an espresso, a cappuccino, a hot chocolate, and two ham and cheese paninis for eight euro. Ooh. Wow! And like you, 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 everybody knows that the Italian coffee is spot on. Yeah, there's no comparison. So it just shows you. As I said, my son paid three fifty yesterday for a small cappuccino when he was out on his lunch. And I think we paid maybe a euro in Rome for it. That's insane, isn't it? But yeah. I mean, you know, are we the fools then paying it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of um, coffee shops after popping up yeah. all over the, the country, I suppose. And and the thing is, it's, it's nice to be able to pop out and have coffee with your, with your friend, but not when maybe it's going to cost you seven or eight euro if you decide to have a coffee a coffee and maybe a scone or something. Mm. You wouldn't be doing it too often. No, you wouldn't. I'm sure a lot of those coffee places too will tell you in order for them to meet their overheads, it's not that they're charging a lot, it's because they have to pay a lot in return as well. So, you know, and it's probably a lot more complicated than, than greed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand that, but I, I wouldn't be one now to be going out having coffee once or twice a week, actually. What I would rather do is we don't really drink much, we don't smoke, we don't really socialise, we don't go out. So what we prefer to do is work hard, save and then go abroad. Yeah, you're right. You're dead right. Yeah. And what... at least when you go abroad, you meet so many different people. On the last trip we went on, we met so many lovely Americans that we went out for dinner with. You meet so many different nationalities. We met a lovely girl from Morocco. We met a lovely girl from Spain. When you go abroad, you meet so many different people and we met up with these people on various nights and now we're still in touch with them. Well, that's fantastic. So it's lovely. That's another part of it as well, I think.
I think a lot of people get put off by going abroad because they think of the hassle at the airports, it's going to be more expensive. You know, I, I don't know if we can afford it, but you're, you're the example that it, it can be yeah. absolutely affordable and you probably get more out of it. Yeah, I mean, the the, the airports, I, I do get stressed at the airport, especially Dublin, I think everybody does. Yeah. But if you plan it right, you leave, you leave in plenty of time, you allow for accidents or anything that might be happen on, on the M50 or anything like that. It's all. It all comes down to planning. The whole. The whole thing does from, from getting to the airport to booking your hotel to booking your flight. You have to kind of be planning it all along in advance for a few months, and you will get the, the joy out of it. Yeah. So if you put in the yeah. work, you get the reward. Absolutely. Yes. Mary, yeah. great to talk to you this morning. All the best. Enjoy the next trip. Yes, Where are you planning the next trip? Um, we might be. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell I'm not, him yes. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Good um, woman. I, I, I'm not going to say that. And I actually just want to say hello to my parents. Of as course. Well, my auntie Eileen as well, because I, I think they're listeners. They always listen to Tip FM. Oh, so. what are your oh, parents' God. name? <laughs> What are your parents' names? Oh, Jimmy and Josie. Jimmy and Josie. Well, good morning to you. Hope you're listening. And thanks for talking to us this morning, Mary. Enjoy the next holiday wherever you go. Brilliant. Thanks very much, All Alan. the best. Thanks, Take Mary. Uh, let us know what you think. 83 311 Just to bring you some text before the ad break, uh, we were talking to Jimmy, who annoyed a lot of people, because Jimmy was talking about how difficult it is being on social welfare payments. Uh, he and his wife both on social welfare uh, with five children. And he was saying that uh, it, it wouldn't pay him to work. A listener says Abbott have a huge billboard up in Tip Town saying they're actively recruiting. Work is out there. Some people just don't want to work. Um, another listener says the... Oh, yes, we were talking about um, the pri- our holiday prices. Mary was talking to us as well. A listener says the drinks prices here. He mentioned one place in particular, which I won't say, but he said the price of alcohol is gone out of control. Absolutely. Uh, another listener says, what is that man raving about? That's in relation to Jimmy. Irish people will not work and it's the truth. I've been in ill health for quite some time and a veil of hospitality and public service. The people who work there are mostly foreign people because they'll be happy to work for their wages. How come we've created a society in this country where an immigrant can be in full-time employment and send money home to their families and also save money? The Irish, on the other hand, are too lazy to work forever whinging about their pay and if they work part-time you have to facilitate them with part cash and the remainder on the books. They watch the clock and if you turn your back uh, it's down all tools. That's according to one listener. Let us know what you think 83 311 or 1800-938-007 We're back after this. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. Welcome back to TIP Today. A listener says older people would be better off if they left this country for the winter from October to April to go to places like Lanzarote. Here they're existing, trying to keep warm. Over there they would be out and about living. Come back here for summer. I agree with the woman travelling abroad. We do the same, although I do love our country. Keep those texts coming in. 83 311 or 1800-938-007. It's time for Farming Now and Pat O'Toole from the Farmer's Journal joins me on the line. Pat, good morning. 
Morning. Good to talk to you this morning, Pat. No surprise, of course, it's a budget special in the Farmers' Journal this week and some great coverage there. Could you talk us through maybe the good, the bad and the ugly with the budget? First of all, maybe what farmers have been reacting to negatively on this year's budget. Um, I suppose it was a funny budget this year because it was leaked so extensively. We got most of the details of the budget the night before the budget. Um, The... uh, so there was only one real surprise on the day and it affected farmers quite significantly. A concrete levy of 10%. It's not coming in until April. So it's on uh, concrete blocks and uh, loose concrete ready mix. Um, and uh, it's a 10% levy to help cover the cost of the micro-redress scheme. And farmers were raising their eyebrows at the fact that concrete's included because to the best of our knowledge, mica, uh, which is a horrific issue and... Uh, you know, the, the redress scheme is significant and important, but uh, it, it was an issue with blocks and uh, not with uh, mass concrete. So mm. uh, farmers feel that, that they're being unfairly levied uh, on this. Against that, there is an accelerated capital allowance on building of slurry storage uh, for environmental reasons, but I would imagine that that is closely linked to the concrete tax. So the uh, accelerated capital allowance means if you spend uh, on building a slurry tank, concrete and everything else involved in it, um, you can write that off over two years, um, uh, uh, the the capital investment there, you can write that off and reduce your tax bill in the following two years. Normally you write it off over uh, over seven years, 15% for the first six years and then 10% for the final year. So that was the only real surprise. I think most of the stuff in the budget was a rollover of pay, of existing schemes and also um, the creation of the payment structures for the new cap, which comes in next year, because the Common Agricultural Policy is split into two pillars. The first pillar, direct payments, comes straight from Brussels. That's Brussels' money. It's European taxpayers' money, but it's Brussels' money. Um, whereas the rural development uh, side of the cap uh, is co-funded. So about 60% of the Rural Development Fund is coming from the National Exchequer and that money was being allocated in the budget for 2023 when the new cap comes in. Uh, So that was a large part of it. I suppose the other big news, and we were carrying this last week as well, the farmers will be part of the uh, Temporary Business Energy Support Scheme, which is running through the six months we expect of the winter. It could be worth up to €10,000 per month for businesses. But the likelihood is that for typical farm, uh, there would be some farms with huge energy uh, usage, especially cold houses for storage of uh, fruit and vegetables. Uh, Poultry farmers as well have huge heating costs. But in general, uh, the higher users would be the likes of a dairy farm, which would be, you know, using electricity in the milking parlour. Um, about a thousand a month through the winter, it'll be worth them. But it's very welcome that it's in because there was a lot of doubt as to whether farmers would get into that scheme or not. And that's a scheme for all businesses. Um, after that, really, farmers benefit from the uh, same uh, range of tax uh, announcements that as everybody else. So the tax credit for a long time self-employed people's tax credit lagged way behind the PAYE tax credit but that's all been equalized in recent years and um, there was an increase in that Um, and and then I suppose you know farmers being households like everyone else 
uh, you know, the uh, reduction in college fees, the, you know, the, the increase in payment for carers, uh, childcare improvements, all of that um, uh, will be helpful. The, the vacant homes tax, um, there, there are some houses in rural Ireland which are empty, yeah. uh, especially in, in more remote parts where there's no interest in them um, and where they may, the houses may have fallen into bad repair. So the fact that that, that is going to be quite a significant charge and um, farmers are interested to know exactly what that means for houses like that 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 are empty with you know with with no real demand on them. Um, the it's designed, we understand, to bring homes back into usage to try and address the crisis we have in housing. But uh, you know those sort of semi-derelict or derelict houses or unused houses which have fallen into disrepair across rural Ireland. People will want to have some clarity around that. Mm. Now, there is a grant as well, which was announced last week at the planning, and which is being extended to rural houses, uh, which was previously only for townhouses, to restore houses that are in poor repair. Um, uh, and that can be worth up to 50000 So there may be some interest in that uh, sort of a carrot and stick uh, combination to bring houses back into usage, yeah. even in you know the most remote parts of rural Ireland. The other big one then, there's a flat rate VAT payment. So um, just to briefly explain this, most farmers don't register for VAT um, and they're not required to register for VAT. So uh, as a result, they don't do VAT returns. But that means that when they pay VAT, on, like any other business, when they pay VAT for most of their, uh, their spending, uh, there's VAT liable on it, so you pay the VAT when you buy it. You don't get the VAT back, which VAT-registered farmers get back. So to um, to try and compensate for that, there's a flat rate payment, which is paid on top of the, um, the money which farmers uh, get for their output. So if you sell uh, meat or milk and you're unregistered, you get that that payment. It's meant to be budget neutral and there's a multiplier, there's a mechanism in place to assess how much that rebate should be depending on VAT receipts. Um, and uh, So that's gone down this year and that would cost farmers about 46 million uh, well it's gone down for next year so it would cost farmers about 46 million next year so that's quite a significant one but that ebbs and flows through the years. It had gone up in 2021 uh, it went down in 2022 and it's gone down again uh, for next year significantly from 5.5 to 5% because the price of milk in particular is very good um, uh, and the things which have gone up very significantly in price in the last year, two of them, feed and fertiliser, are not in the VAT system. There's no VAT on fertiliser and feed. There's no VAT rebate. They're not included in the calculations around this. So while farmers' costs have gone up, their VAT uh, bills have not gone up by the same amount. So that's a significant one. It's specific to farming and it's a little bit complicated, but it will hit farmers in the pocket. Yeah. So overall then, Pat, was it a good or bad budget for farmers? Um, I think it was kind of underwhelming in that the vast majority of it was uh, expected. There was disappointment that there's confirmation of what has been known for some time that the Acres scheme, uh, which is the new rural environment scheme, will only have room for 30, there's only money and room for 30,000 places next year. So for the first time in a long time, we're going to have uh, as few as 30,000 farmers in agri-environmental schemes. We've had rollover of gloss and there was up to 45,000 farmers in gloss 
uh, there was well over 50,000 farmers at peak in agri-environmental schemes. The hope is that we will get up to 50,000 farmers again next year when the second tranche of acres opens up and the 50,000, uh, there's supposed to be 20,000 coming in along with the 30,000 yeah. places that are available this year. So I think all in all, uh, I think budget neutral really, a okay. bit like the VAT, budget neutral. Okay, Pat, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thanks for joining us as always. You're very welcome. Thanks, that's Pat O'Toole there from the Farmer's Journal, available now. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the final hour of Thursday's tip today. Jimmy's getting a lot of uh, stick on the text this morning. We were speaking to Jimmy earlier about the budget and he's on welfare and he was talking about how difficult it is living on welfare that he he's not able to work anymore um a lot of people critical about the fact that he you know he is very brazen some people are saying and saying that he wouldn't work because it wouldn't pay him to work even though he is on disability just to clarify that but jason in clonmel says regarding jimmy if there was work in the bed he would sleep in the floor but another listener says, Jimmy, fair play to him for coming on and discussing his situation. He's being criticised unfairly, in my opinion. He said he doesn't and is happy not to work, but he also said he has a medical problem. And I assume this was or is the reason he doesn't work. And as I understand from his interview, he's glad he doesn't have to work anymore. I'm sure Jimmy and a lot of others out there on welfare would be would prefer to be out and about working. Keep those texts coming in to us 083 311 or 1800-938-007. Now, time for a health slot. Delighted to be joined in studio by CEO of Morito 8020, Muriel Cutting. Muriel, good morning to you. Morning, Ali. Good to talk to you this morning, Muriel. Now, we're going to talk... You know, we've really seen the change in the season in the past, I would say, few days, even week or so with the cold weather. Winter is really coming and it's setting in. Mm. So what should we start doing now to prepare ourselves for, for a healthy winter that we don't hunker down and maybe, what's the word? You Get know, depressed. The hygge. Get depressed yeah. straight away, literally. Yeah. And you know, the rain the other day, that literally would make anyone depressed. Looking out the window, wouldn't it have got wet but 50 yeah. million times, I think, Ali. Yeah, so I suppose that's where this came from today. You know, the winter routine and everything. Like, how do we actually even look at the winter wardrobe? Um, are there clothes there from last year? Do you pull them out now? When do you pull them out? And you know, even the kids, I think the coughs and colds are starting already. Yeah. Vomiting bugs are starting already. Like, I'm listening to people saying so-and-so is out of school and all that kind of thing, you know. Is so it time for the vest, Muriel? Yes, absolutely. Is yeah. It? Big believer in all the, yeah. Layer, 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 literally. Long johns, long whatever leggings, all the bits and pieces. And, you know, Something people forget even like that that's the clothing side. But you know, even in the car and that and I suppose we're kind of even jumping ahead. But you forget you empty out the car beginning of summer and you don't need to bring much with you, you know. And this is like for any age group. But you need to put things into the car now straight away, like a second pair of socks. Yeah. You know, in the boot, like and hat. hats, umbrellas, yeah. coat, all the bits and pieces so that you're not caught out. Like even the second pair of boots, all of that, like it's just good to have them. Even if they're as old as can be, it's just if you get drowned wet summer and if it's mm. only running from the shop or whatever at least if there's something there you have a good chance and I keep going on about it but it's the immune system is so important now and we're listening to COVID and all the bits and pieces again so if we don't actually look after how well we are and we let ourselves get cold and wet and all the bits and pieces we're in trouble that's so the bottom line Are we seeing line. all of these illnesses and bugs now because of that very 
quick turn. Turn, it's the turn. And not to mention, I suppose, kids are going back to school, people yeah. are going back to work, summer is over, we're mixing again, they're in closer proximity to each other, windows are closed, all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, the bugs are going to start flying and, yeah, you're, we're, we're going to start bringing them home again. And we have to go back to revisit. For me, it's really important, like the, the hand washing and everything we were doing this time last year, you know. And somebody said to me the other day, they saw somebody with a mask on and said, God, I was wondering what were they doing with a mask on, you know. But the time has come back again. Don't mm. be afraid to put a mask on if you feel you're vulnerable or if you feel there's somebody vulnerable in your in your um, environment or whatever because COVID is there and will come back the same as the flus. And like you saw last year and the year before, when we wore masks, we didn't have half the coughs and colds and flus that we had the previous years. Yeah. So they do work. So if you're worried about it, like stick the mask on, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, it's somebody else's problem if they're worried about it. Should we be put, if kids are back at school and maybe picking up everything, is it time to be putting them on multivitamins, things like that? If they don't eat well, definitely. But I think it's time of the year that we actually change as well, that we need to start thinking about the um, winter menu, as in breakfast, lunch and dinner. So say uh, if the kids are on their Rice Krispies and cornflakes and things like that, maybe our, our toast in the morning, it's definitely a time that they should be on like hotter stuff, maybe like your porridge or hot wheat bix or, you know, something like that that's nourishing going out the door. And even mm. for us, that's the same thing because that sates you. And the minute you have something warm, you feel better straight away. Do you remember that old ad for Ready Breck and it was central heating yes, for the body? Yes, remember th- yeah. And you loved the look of it. Yeah. You loved, yeah, yeah. It's like the fairy liquid and these, you remember straight yeah. away, don't you? I don't think the kids zone in on ads as much anymore, you know. But like, if you tell them often enough how lovely something is, you know, and uh, uh, all the different bits and pieces as to how good it is, kids buy into it very fast. And it's yeah. habit forming too. Sometimes when they don't want something, we're very. it's very easy because we're all in a hurry and all the bits and pieces just have whatever, right? go on and sometimes like don't bother eating that and so we're going you know this kind of thing but if you can actually get the extra 10 minutes in the morning and make them sit down and get them used to having a proper breakfast it's habits I keep saying that to people the more we form habits the more we become the habit and that's for kids and if you get them used to it early on they will continue it on through life so I think it's up to us to make sure we work with that and you know for school lunches even and even for people at home all the sandwiches and all that kind of thing there's so many flasks and everything out there now Ali like it's you know like rice um any kind of sauce, chicken, anything like that, like in a, in a flask for kids, um, stews, casseroles, soups, pastas, all of these kinds of things can be brought at lunchtime that they can actually open it up and get a lovely smell and feel so they're eaten. Back in my day, Muriel, wait till I tell wait, back in my day, I remember there was one family came to primary school and the oldest child would have a big flask of soup yeah. and would share it out with really? the siblings wow. yeah, in four mugs That's at brilliant. lunchtime. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I, I bet we need to get back to that. I bet that we do. Of course, people's even thinking, thinking of things like that because, like, we used to have the flask of tea, all right. We didn't ever have soup, but we were made to bring tea and I ate a tea. So I poured it down the sink every every morning. And I used to tell Mammy, I wasn't drinking it. I didn't want tea, but because you had to have something warm and she was trying to make sure I was okay, we yeah. all had our flask of tea, you know. But we do have to, if we can't all, go back to things like that. And, like, now, I suppose, even considered posh if somebody's bringing a flask and they have the pasta and everything in it. But, you know, once one brings it, the others look at it and That's they want true. it, you yeah. know. Because like, I hear the lads at home saying to me, you know, he had three chocolate bars, mammy, he had this and he had that. When they're looking at other people, that's literally monkey see, monkey do, isn't yeah. it? But it's up to us, literally, to start putting these things in place now. The big stews, the big casseroles, the soups in the evening time, anything that's warm. And you know, if you don't have time to do that, like your chicken in the oven, anything. 
that's hot that you can actually think outside the box of that will fuel you properly that's what we need for the immune system chicken broth remember I, sp- I spoke yeah. about that last year a good slow cooker now would be great oh, for yeah. this time of yes. year yeah yeah slow cooker in the oven either yeah. or like but slow cooker can go on like in the morning before you go out the door or whatever and teach the kids how to use these things they need to know how to cook for themselves so that you're not tearing in the door at whatever time and maybe they're in before you and they're that bit older or whatever they can have lost this John like they can go past past John you know they can stick on chicken children then. are better than mine Muriel well mine after they'll starve <laughs> <laughs> in terms of adults yeah. then you know we've all gotten into the habit maybe of going out for a walk or doing a bit of exercise in the evening the evening's starting to close in on us now so how do we kind of re rearrange our day so we're getting exercise in yeah and you know the importance of this Ali um, studies show when temperatures drop heart attack strokes and other heart related conditions go up because really? your heart has to work harder to keep warmer right so that's one of the things so I think it's really important and like we're getting people now with heart related issues or say chest pain shoulder pain and the different bits and pieces like from 40 on so to start looking after yourself and do the winter routine for me it makes no difference what the weather is like if you establish a habit you will keep that habit going so in relation to forget about the food side for now even in relation to the movement side of things there is no reason you can't go out for a walk in wintertime the same as the walk you do in summertime you literally just change the attire Muriel that's, I'm, I'm not going to use any expletives or whatever <laughs> Fran was here probably but yeah I'm not going to say the words but that's nonsense that's absolute <laughs> nonsense you layer up for it literally you layer up for it because the benefits are like so beneficial You, we have no choice Ali if we don't do it we are going to be sick yeah. so, and you know you don't have to do the big long walk that you do in the summertime that it's like an hour or whatever 20 minutes 15 minutes just get the runners or the boots on. Now, you do have to look at things like if you're wearing runners that are a couple of years old and you've been wearing them away all summer, you have to look at the soles of things. You don't want to fall. You know, if people are anyway unsteady on their feet or anything at all, you need like hard wearing, non-slip, you know. You layer up, so it's literally from the inside out. So you're wearing the vest, the top, the body warmer, the jacket, all the bits, the hat, the scarf, the gloves, and then you can take them off as you're walking. But if you get into the habit of going, you won't not go. Because, you know, you feel too good. Yeah. But you have to, you have to exercise. Exercising is also gardening. Like a lot of gardens need work at this time of the year. Windows need to be cleaned coming into the winter time. Like anything at all that's work, that's outside, pruning hedges, washing the car, anything like that is exercise. So if you can get yourself a list of jobs that need to be done and, and put them in front of you every week and do 10, 15 minutes of that, once you're outside, chances are you'll even go for a walk as well. But we'll feel the cold more and we're talking about heat and mm. trying to heat houses and all the bits and pieces. You know when you're not well and you have a cold brewing or you have the flu or whatever, how cold and miserable you feel. Yeah. You'll feel like that all the way through winter if you're unhealthy. Because your immune system is so low, it's battling all the time to make every single thing work. Whereas if your immune system is good, it doesn't need half the work. You're outside and then you come in, so you're roasting after com- being outside. So everything is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. How do you counteract or, or preempt the mental kind of slum that you go into just ahead of winter? Because it's getting a bit dark. You're not out as much. No, Can and be it's tough. It's SAD, isn't it? So yeah. you're talking about the SAD side, but like vitamin D, that's one of the things, and we've talked about that like a lot. You definitely need to take a vitamin D supplement if you're not out in the sun enough. Like we're not going to get it anyway, and your neck needs to be bare and that like. But fish. Um, fortified, anything that's fortified with vitamin D, any of the, you know, the calcium uh, cereals, anything that's fortified with vitamin D definitely get that into you. Any of the immune boosting foods, and I've spoken about this so many times, so people must know it by now but if you're not getting your omega-3s into you if you're not getting your B vitamins into you through your foods you're definitely not going to feel as well like the anxiety and depression come when we don't feel well. Yeah. So the minute we're eating well, and that's why I love like the stews and the casseroles yeah. and things because just load stuff into it. Like um 
uh, beets like turnips, sweet potatoes, potatoes, carrots, they're all foods for this time of the year and they're all in season. So like mm. they're things you need to bulk up on. And if you eat like that, that you eat really well, you don't want the sugary stuff yeah. or the other stuff. Like if you pair a potato with chicken or any kind of meat, you're getting your carbohydrate and you're getting your protein and you're getting your fibre. That sates your appetite. So you're not looking for the sweet treat after, you know. Yeah. And if it's a sweet treat you want, if you go for something really good, like a nut and chocolate or dark chocolate, it's sating your appetite. So I think we have to put a little bit of work in. We're, we're getting lazy. Um, and, and when you're lazy or getting lazier, the mind is getting lazier then that's when the bad habits sneak in. Do you buy into the, and I said the word at the beginning, the hygge lifestyle, which is the Scandinavian way of embracing the dark and just making everything very cosy. So lighting the fire and having these lovely warm blankets around so that mentally you're in a cosy space as opposed to a dark space. Um, I love it. Um, I think um, we lived in Sweden for 12 months back early 2000s or whatever. So we were working there. My husband was working there. We loved the lifestyle. When it came to October, November, it was literally dark. So we had about an hour, if not an hour and a half, brightness that the sun came up and went that was down. It. Literally, that was it. Yeah. But their lifestyle was just fantastic. Now, different here is in, it's a very dry, cold, crisp air. So when we went, um, the kids were on Calpol and the different bits and pieces, all coughs and colds. For the 12 months, I didn't take out any form of medicine of any kind. And they were young. The air was so crisp and dry, it was so healthy. So you could do things. But the, the, the Swedish, you dress properly. So when you're going outside, you have the boots, you have the snowsuit, you have whatever. So you're not cold. You're literally, the chains are on tyres, all that kind of thing. But inside, yeah, I love wintertime. I do too. I don't like this time, the, the transitionary time. But I actually, I have an open fire. I was listening to you this morning. So shoot me, anyone that's listening. I know. But I love the open fire. Um, I don't want the stove. I want literally. Yeah. And the kids, the minute the fire is lighting at home, all four, are down within minutes. So whatever is in it, it brings everybody together. And isn't that the old way yeah. of doing things that when the fire was lighting, there was the heat, that was the room. And we're even at the stage now that we light the fire and, we, and every other form of heat might be off in the house, that it's on in this one room mm. and everybody's in the one room. That's a so, good idea to get them out of their room. Well, that's Muriel. literally when it gets yeah. cold, yeah. Blankets, rugs, absolutely. I just think wintertime, you can start thinking about things as in the social side of things even. You know, right, when we've all our bits done, you're sitting in the evening at five o'clock or you can be at yeah. five or six o'clock and you can spend two hours over dinner. Whereas in summertime, we don't spend 10 minutes because there's always a match or somebody's going somewhere or doing yeah. something. So you can actually sit down and put the socialising side in and actually start putting together nice foods and nice menus and stuff that everybody wants to be around, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And you can do, still do the snacks, but just do the, the, the wise snacks. You know, if you go into a supermarket um, and you're looking at all the food aisles and you're wondering what to buy and all the bits and pieces, one of the aisles that people kind of bypass, which I want, if anybody's doing a shop this weekend, go into that aisle, which is the drinks aisle, not the alcoholic drinks. I'm talking about the tea and coffee drinks. Right. There's a whole aisle dedicated now to coffees, hot chocolates, teas, all the different bits and pieces. Start expanding your, what would you say, your, your taste palette yeah. in relation, relation to some of these because the coffee is the new alcohol. So like you don't have to go out and have your three fifty euro coffee every day. Have your coffee in the evening time. I actually love to have a coffee if I'm sitting down in the evening time and chocolate or whatever with it. So buy something really nice and have yeah. it as your treat. So you're sitting down and all the jobs are done. The fire is lighting. You have your coffee and your chocolate. Do you know what I mean? So it's a good idea. We have to treat ourselves. You have to make a list. A list of books. What do you want to read? Um, dementia, Alzheimer's, all of these kind of things. Um, the research is there. Like the more we educate ourselves, the more we read, the more we expand our man, expand our mind. Um, it all works in relation to keeping ourselves alive and well. So yeah, I think I like wintertime. 
Can I bring you some questions? Listener says, I make my own kombucha. Is that good for cold and flus? Brilliant, brilliant. I what love is kombucha? That. It's like fermented food, so it's so good for your gut. So like our gut is what's literally, you've heard me, 90% of who we are or whatever. So mm. we don't eat enough fermented food. So yeah, well done, well done. Fermented foods to me now sounds like something that's rotting. No, no, it's good bacteria. We need to create good bacteria in our gut. So our gut has so much bad bacteria. So at the minute, I can even, I'm, I'm stressed because of opening the new place. And I can feel it. I know myself. I can feel like I just... You're wound. I'm wound. I feel, co- I feel colder. I can feel certain foods. Like I had a coffee on the way down this morning um, and within 20 minutes of having the coffee, I could actually feel a headache coming on. Yeah. I was starting to see like an odd black spot and I knew straight away, I just thought to myself, oh, that's literally, it's the stress. Uh, I'm not eating as well as I should because I'm just eating on the go and stuff. That's your gut. It's literally your gut just saying to you, like your immune system is starting to wind back. There's more bad bacteria than good. So something like kombucha will create more good bacteria and bring bring you back to health and just keep you well. How do you make it? Uh, you can buy it. You're better off to buy it now. If somebody wants to make it, come to me and I'll actually show them because it's a big long. There's a list okay. of what to make and what to put into it. But you can get it over the counter. You can get it in super value. You can get it in a lot of the health food shops even now. So, yeah. But if they want it, I'll give the number out later on and we'll send them on the recipe for it. OK. Uh, listener says, where's it gone? My, what vitamin D tablet would Muriel recommend for a 15-year-old boy? You need something good. So definitely go into the health food shop and you need something that's strong enough. I used to say the vitamin D sprays, but they're not really strong enough. Um, she needs to go to, I think it's around 3,000 um, MGs daily. I'd go in and I'd ask in the health food shop what they have that's good enough for a teenager, but something that's strong enough. Now, if he's 15, he's outside. You know, I think the bare neck and even don't worry if they're going off out with their jacket on, like for the five or 10 minutes or whatever, because they need the sunlight. But the, a good multivitamin is even good now if they're not eating what they need to. OK. Uh, John is asking, he had COVID in mid-August. He said his taste and smell are still not the same since. Could Muriel offer any advice? We're hearing so much about long COVID and um, the stats are in that 10 to 15% of Irish people are suffering from long COVID and will suffer from long COVID, which is really hard. Frightening. And we yeah. have no idea how long it's going to last. No, and I've been reading as much, anything that comes our way, I've been reading to see, you know, in relation to COVID, anything that we can learn about it, literally. And we're even starting to see, like, the cells are, are buried so deep within the immune system that it can be there, like, 180 days, 250 days after the COVID virus is gone. Whereas like flu is gone out of your system within whatever, the, the few weeks and that. So um, it, it's definitely getting into people and it's staying. And mm. yeah, does it does it come back or does it, um, what would you say? What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, do, when COVID is reignited or do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, it's not the word yeah, I'm looking for re, now. Well, you know, not a resurgence either, but a reoccurrence. Yes, yeah, a reoccurrence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so once it's there already and then there's another variant or whatever, like we don't know the crossover, or how it affects or yeah. we do know one of the things. And sorry, I'm, I'm not, not ignoring that man's question. Um, by the time you're double and triple vaccinated, I know there was a big um, friend on a piece on that during the week, but it is working and it is working across the globe. So definitely vaccination programs working. For advice for the, the man with the taste and the smell, it's really hard. There is no advice I can give in relation to the foods and that. You can talk about the spice, because we've tried the spicier foods, the stronger tasting foods, all the different bits and pieces. You just have got to be as well as you possibly can be. That's get the immune system to where it can be so that the body can actually fight back because the body is so good at fighting back and coming yeah. back. And that's all you can do. It was only August so it's, it's only like a month or six weeks or whatever it is. But for me, it's about getting that gut good and strong and making sure everything else is working where it needs to be. I would advise if he hasn't had it done to get a health screen done somewhere. 
and find out, and I mean health screen in relation to all his vitamins, minerals, everything under the sun, just to see exactly the bigger picture of am I on track and is there anything I need to supplement with? Because that's the way to get properly healthy, if that makes sense. Are you dealing with a lot of long COVID patients? Well, well, you see, there's a crossover. People don't know whether it's long COVID or not. So they're coming in with symptoms. And I suppose one of the things with COVID is because it knocked people so much, all the good habits and everything they were doing went out the window. So they're finding it really hard to pull themselves back. So they're doing a lot of things wrong which can knock the body anyway. And it mightn't be long COVID. It might be the fact that they're not sleeping like they used to. They mm. might be having an extra glass of wine in the evening because they can't switch off, they can't relax. Mightn't be able to go out for a walk and stuff, you know. So I just think it's it's a crossover of two. The last two years have knocked people so much. People are different. Life is different. Everything is different. Like, listen to it even earlier on, like everything we're doing, even going into a hotel, socialising, nothing is like it was two years ago. Mm. And I think people are finding it really hard to cope. And, and find new ways of actually getting themselves back to a different way of life, I suppose. Yeah. And it is a different way of life. Yes, we're busy in some ways, but um, it's still different. Things are different. What I'm hearing a lot of as well from people, they don't necessarily have long COVID, but they have some type of viral overload. Yeah. A lot of people dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. But the same thing, is it viral overload or is it the body that needs to actually catch up, say like the immune system is suppressed. Like if we all went back to the very basics, say for me that I know I'm not in the best right now, I know what to do to make myself well, right? I probably won't do it for the next week or two because I know how busy I am. But I know if I go back to the three meals a day, that I sleep properly at night, that I'm doing all the things I need to do, I know I will bring myself back to where I need to be. Now, it'll probably take a while. When I was um, not well during the summer, I pulled it all back and within, I suppose, it took three weeks, but I was flying in three weeks. Yeah. But that was the discipline of getting back to the habits again and getting the immune system strong again. Like, you know, in your 20s, you can do what you like. In your 30s, things are slowing down. In your 40s, I won't say you're fecked, you're not. But if you don't start pulling yourself into line by the time you're in your 40s, you are in trouble. So if something like COVID hits, you haven't a hope if you're not doing most things to within 80%. Yeah. That's the way it is, you know. And we're even seeing, this is just a point, I, I suppose, we're talking about, this, talking about the whole immune system and sleep alley. Sleep is so important, right? And even with the, the, the man there that has just had COVID, for his immune system to catch up, you need to get extra sleep. So if it's an extra hour at night or it's an extra 15 minutes during the day, twice during the day, for the immune system to repair, give your body the chance that you actually... So a nap is better than maybe going to bed earlier? Uh, well, apps, a nap for me, even if you go to bed earlier, an hour before midnight is worth two after they've always said. You need that hour right. before midnight or two hours before midnight. You go into a nice deep sleep. So the sooner you get into that nice deep sleep, you know, for, for, for everything within the body, it's circadian rhythms, especially now in this, if you work with your circadian rhythm, which is working with nature, which yeah. is Scandinavian way, you're supposed to sleep when it's dark and wake when it's bright. So naturally in wintertime, we are supposed to like hibernate a little bit more. So we should be in bed earlier. There's no reason for us not to be in bed earlier. And the, the latest um, research papers that came out, and they were in the papers even this week because I was reading a study on it and then I saw it in, I can't remember, independent of one of the papers. Um, uh, for the more we sleep, say for even older people, say when you hit 60, 65, an extra hour of sleep decreases the rate of dementia and Alzheimer's. And the studies are being done on that all the time, that the more we allow the brain to relax, um, and, and replenish and all that kind of thing it actually helps on the other side of things mm. so if they've done there's, there's reams of information out there on it now so if anybody even looks it up they'll get it so sleep I think has to even be more important than the diet and the exercise when it wow. comes to this time of the year Yeah. Okay, Muriel finally before I let you go opening day is coming soon <sighs> what are we looking at Monday? 
We're looking at Monday. Um, so I said to you when I came in, I'm look like a wreck. I'm oh, literally as a wreck now. No, running out of building site. But you know what? Like I said it last week. I said about the lads blowing site. They're like bees. They are everywhere. They are complete gentlemen gentlemen and they are bending over backwards they're leaving the site at night at half nine and ten o'clock wow. and they're in there in the morning at seven o'clock and they have a smile on their face from when they start to when they finish but we're getting there yeah literally floors are down paint is in lights are up um so we're getting there we're That's, there we're, we're, we're nearly so there. people be able to go in on monday people will be able no wednesday people wednesday. can come people can come in on wednesday yeah and you know we want to see people and like i said last week for me it's all about the education on every side of what we're doing here you spoke with the doctors this morning and how hard it is to get in how hard it is to get time and all the bits and pieces we have nurses on site that want to talk to people mm. i want to talk to people that's our world. That's literally, yeah, like you can't shut me up. So it's literally, we want to help people if we can at all make them better. That's what Marito is about. So yes, you do have the whole aesthetic world and skincare. That's one of the big things at this time of the year as well. And we have all of that. But the other side is we want to help. So yeah, if you have issues or problems or yeah, want to lose weight or get into the winter routine. Fantastic. So Marito will be open from Wednesday. Anyone who's looking to contact you, how can they do that? Yes, so it's 83 095 Great. Thanks. Actually, just before I go, uh, just a listener, Justin, could you ask um, Muro's opinion on Simproof for the gut? Apparently it's very good, but very expensive. I don't think you need Simproof or anything like that for the gut, really. I think if you can do everything right, it depends. If this if this person is a man or a woman, yes, it'll work. Um, you know, like your probiotics and all the bits and pieces. But um, I'd like to know where they're at. Are they in, in, in trouble? Are they sick? Is their immune system down? Or are they relatively okay and just want to give themselves a boost? Mm. So um, the number I gave out a minute ago, um, give us, give me a call on that and I'll have a chat with them. Perfect. Thanks, Muriel. And Emma will have that number on hand as well if you need it. 1800-938-007. We're back after this. The Imro Radio Award winning tip today. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Test drive the all new Peugeot 2008 compact SUV at Slattery's Garage, puck on. Choose from petrol, diesel or fully electric. Slattery'sGarage.ie Fuel and the open fire this morning. One listener says, my daughter loves the open fire. She's been at me for the last two weeks to light it. Uh, well done, you haven't broken yet. It's always a rule in my house, I don't do it till October, but I, I did, or, yeah, until October, but I did break this week now and I lit it the other night, unfortunately. I haven't turned on the heating yet. I'm trying to hold out till mid-October. I don't know when I get that far. If you're holding out too, let me know. 83 311 or 1800 Now for this week's Down Your Way, Eamon is in a romantic mood in Feathered for this week's Down Your Way. Here's just a taste of what you can expect this weekend. I'm here in Feathered and I'm outside, believe it or not, the ballroom of romance. And I'm with a lovely romantic person. <laughs> Mary Henrahan, how are you doing? Good morning, I'm a Fortigofiord. I'm one of the founder members of the Feathered Historical Society. I'm nearly afraid to say that now because we're in operation so long, Eamon. But yes, history, and if you love if you like history, I'm always saying this to you. If you like history, Feathered is a great place to be. Absolutely, terrific, yeah. And I know we're going to go through it all, we're going to do kind of a walking tour of the town, but we're outside. As I said, the ballroom. As I said, the ballroom of romance. Yeah, it's many years ago since uh, 
People, many of us uh, danced into that place. We won't go into the vintage there now, Eamon. Yeah. But yes, you're right. And actually, this it, it's wonderful. This building has just been refurbished. It began its life, of course, as a cinema. Mm. And then it became a ballroom. As you say, for, 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 I suppose, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, it was the centre of social life. Not just in Feathered. People came from all over. And, and, and uh, all, all the major bands at the time. Mm. And Joe Dolan, of course. Mm. And I remember when he came, there was no dancing. People stood shoulder to shoulder. It was just packed yeah. but I, I remember last year we were down doing the book fair here and I was inside the door I couldn't believe believe you me I couldn't believe how small it is inside uh, from the time we used to go dancing here uh, all those years ago it, it was savagely packed it, it reminded me of kind of like Croke Park <laughs> I know <laughs> and I suppose that's our memory isn't it it was big it was you know, loads of people it was the place to be uh, of course it's fantastic for the book fair and we hope um, obviously Covid intervened but we hope to have our book fair back again second weekend in February next year please God absolutely I know uh, Sean Donovan of course is very much a part of his chairman of this group down here isn't he uh, he is he is yeah. indeed and he does a lot of work a lot of work for it and the ballroom committee they, they're so dedicated and as you know raising funds and they had to tackle the roof and all kinds of problems here but they did it with the zest and that wonderful local community spirit and the ballroom's good to go again I have been driven to come back here for the last number of months since we came back on radio since after Covid Ian O'Connor you know a good friend of ours in Tip FM had made sure that I was going to be back here Right. Now he's he's in school today, so he's he's probably doing something for. Well, he'll be doing his with his business students, etc. But uh, yeah. yeah, Ian is very very and a great promoter of feathered. But he's right. If you want if you want to see a, a very historic town with some really nice eateries, etc., come to feathered. Absolutely. So we're going to go on a bit of a tour of the town. Indeed, the town is quite busy this morning. The town is very busy this morning. A lot of through traffic, as you can see. But you can also see Dukes across the road, a uh, lovely little restaurant there, and lots of people heading in for their morning coffee and scones and breakfasts, etc. That's uh, practically new here, is it? It's, it? it's here for three years now. Award-winning, we can say with truth, since he opened. Uh, Richard um, is 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 the chef, a chef owner, and he's into slow food. Very quite quite eclectic dining. And I mean, we're really really lucky to have a place like this in Feathered. It's actually become a destination. Destination. Absolutely. Uh, are you native of Feathered? I am not a native of Feathered, but I can say my dad, who was originally from the Glen of Arhalo, actually grew up outside Feathered, in a place called Kilconnell, uh, out in Kilmine. And so I have lots of family here, and I, I came here through my through my teenage years, etc. And then, of course, when I married back in ni- long, long, long time ago in 1981, I came to live and work in Feathered. And I'm here ever since. Yeah. And you got involved in the, uh, one of the founder members of the Historical Society. Yes, yes. I, I was teaching, I had four small children, and I really felt I needed something for myself and coincidence. Incidentally, at that time, Joe Kenny and Martin O'Shea came back from a wonderful lecture by the late John Bradley, mm-hmm. uh, all about feathered. And he came back fired up and enthused and called a public meeting. And I was one of the people who went along and I'm part of it ever yeah, since. Yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of services doing very well here in, in the community. I'm just looking around. Beautiful, beautiful town, tidy village, tidy towns oh, are doing well. Tidy towns. And again, they've just, again, COVID intervened, as you know, but they've just started. And under, again, another member of the Historical Society, Mary Healy, has just taken on the chair of the Tidy Towns. So knowing Mary, I expect great things going ahead. So what actually am I going to see here today? You are going to see the finest example of a small medieval wall town in Ireland. Oh, Amen. That's, that's what you're going to see. <laughs> yeah, 
Absolutely. I remember uh, a number of years ago we were down, there was an open day or something in the village or into town. And yes. It was, and it was massive. It was massive, it was. And we've had, our, we've had our medieval festivals. They went on for about eight years. And now we have what we call a community fun day, which involves the whole community again. And I suppose that's the wonderful thing about small yeah. towns like Feathered, you know, people coming together and giving their time and their commitment to make it a vibrant living place. I know we're going to pay a visit to the horse and country. Oh, oh, the feathered horse country experience. Something to be experienced, Damon, yes. And I'm not going to tell you any more about that at the moment. We'll keep that as a little surprise when we okay. get there. OK, so, OK, let's, let's go. go. Let's go walk about in feathered. Yeah, yeah. So where are we? We're, we're here in the valley now. We're going to walk down the valley and as we walk along you'll have a chance to see the whole expanse of the town wall as it is. We're very lucky, Eamon. Um, the town wall, the chart of which was granted in 1292, uh, you know, obviously took, took quite a while to build so it's standing really since most of the wall is like 14th, 15th century but still standing after all this time. And it was a, it's over um, a kilometre in length, and most of it, would you believe, is still intact. And that's quite unique in Ireland. You know? so, so how did the wall come about in the first place? Ah, and again, that's a really interesting uh, feature, I suppose, of our Irish history. When you think of the wall towns, which, of course, there are lots of them in France and Germany, but then the walls were built by the natives for defence. <laughs> the Irish, of course, do things differently. Um, the native Irish living here, lived in the countryside, the, the Irish, you know, didn't build towns. So it was when our Norman friends came, the Norman invaders came, and they built their castles, their motts and baileys, and then their castles, their stone towers, and their towns. The towns were a huge... It was their way of putting their imprint on the landscape. And the town was central to their administration process. And they built the towns, and they built the walls for defence. So it was the invaders coming in who built the walls to keep the natives out. Okay. <laughs> so what, so we, the Irish, were outside, and the Normans were inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, of course, when they started, it would have been a wooden palisade, you know, yeah. because, as you know, stone walls even now are expensive to build, so you can imagine back then. And when they did get the chart, I mean, the town was founded in the early 1200s. We have William de Braise, whom we credit as being the founder of Feathered, talking about my borough of Feathered in 1208. Mm -hmm. So we know at that stage, Feathered was in existence. As I say, the charter to build the town wall didn't actually come until the end of the century, 1292. And, and then it would have taken quite a bit of time. But just like nowadays, when you want to do something, you levy a tax. <laughs> and no different back in Norman times. So they levied a murage tax. Mur being the French word for um, tax. And of course the Normans came originally from France. So we get a lot of that kind of, that, that French influence coming through. So the murage tax was levied on people coming into town to, to pay their goods. And you can imagine to build a wall, the size, the height and length of, of the feathered wall took quite a time. We don't have records about that. But we do know that in Kilkenny, you know, which was founded around the same time, that it took um, almost 100 years to complete the whole circuit of the wall. So we would give a similar time frame here in Feathered. Yeah, absolutely. Look, at we're, we're, we're in the valley. Uh, they call it the valley anyway, but I think we're walking up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK, I mean, it's a very gentle hill. Yes, we are. And what you got, it, we're lucky the trees are in, in leaf and the sun is shining and you really couldn't ask to be in a nicer spot. When you look across here now, uh, you will, you'll be able to see the full expanse of the town wall. And what's really wonderful is that it has been restored, as you know, um, that was a project undertaken by the, a group called the Friends of Feathered back at the end of the 80s. 
undertook the restoration of the town wall. But you, just through the trees you can see the crenellated tower of Holy Trinity Church, and that's the medieval church. Okay. That was, that's again, that's here. That would have been one of the first buildings to go up in the town. And you can see how impressive the, the bell tower, and the bell tower itself dates from the 1400s. But the churches are again from the 1200s. And of course, that was the centre of medieval life. Yeah. Um, remember, it wasn't your birthday that was celebrated, it was your feast day. <laughs> in, <laughs> those times. in those times. And the church was central to everything. Yeah. You were born, you were baptised. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the festivals, the harvest festivals, everything else, that was all blessed by the church. The church was the centre of everything. Of course, it, it pervaded every aspect of your life from the time you were born until the time you died and was hugely powerful. Mm-hmm. So you, it was, you, had the, you had the, I suppose, you had the temple power of the kings and the lords and then you had the spiritual power of the church, which was equally, if not more, uh, impactful on people. As we walk on a beautiful termite road, it's absolutely magic. We're talking about medieval times in, in, in the radio show, but my God, there was no sign of termite in those days. <laughs> no, there wasn't. And this was, of course, out here was where, was where our, our native Irish were. And in this area, it was, this was the land, Eamon, of the McCarthys and the O'Briens. So they were here. And... and um, on, as I say, living a very rural existence. Uh, remember, our, our Irish ancestors were cattlemen. And now as you look along, you can see the whole expanse of the town wall that has been restored. And of course, we have our river, the Clash Orley, on Clash Orling, the beautiful stream. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're going to have a town, you need a water supply. So, interesting, there's ladies waving at you. See, the feathered nave, very friendly. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Good morning to you down there. Uh, You're look going to be on the radio, Jacinta. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, and a little dog doing well behind him as well. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. We're here in Feddert. We're here in a beautiful scene, a beautiful scene as I look across at the, the, the old wall of Feddert. And that's our Eamon O'Dwyer and great friend of the show as well, Mary Hanrahan, who's featured uh, a lot on the show, is often on our Friday panel. Uh, you can hear that in full this coming Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Just to bring you some reaction, listener says, I'm 63, I went back to work and did courses, applied for a few jobs, and I'm back working since August and I'm happy out. There's work everywhere to be got. Hospitality and factories are crying out. You will get work if you're motivated to get it. Another listener says, there's a very fine line between unsocial and the working poor. Now it appears that you're better off unemployed. It's a sad reflection on the working people. Keep those texts coming in. 083-311-3311. We're back after this. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or Slattery's Garage. Welcome back to Tip Today. A reminder, your last chance today to enter our competition. That's to be in with a chance of winning four months free leisure membership at the Talbot Leisure Centre. That's in connection with our friends at Talbot Fitness Clomel at the Talbot Hotel. Now, with this membership, you'll be able to avail of all fitness classes, access as well to their multi-award winning gym, swimming pools, sauna, jacuzzi and steam room. A great opportunity to get in shape before Christmas. Your last chance to enter. I know a lot of you have entered already. All you have to do is text the word gym, followed by your name and address, and I'll announce a winner within the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, Just to bring you a text as well that we got in. 
Um, Jimmy again was talking about social welfare. One listener says Jimmy said he can't work on disability, but farmers are self-employed people. Some of them work with uh, bad back pain and other issues. Another text uh, listener says, did you hear of waxies, firelighters? They're brilliant. You don't need kindling and they're made in Nina. That's from Joe. Thanks for that, Joe. I, I know waxies very well. My good friend uh, Paddy Flags, God rest him, used to sell them uh, around where we live and they're, they're unbelievable. They're a brilliant product. I wasn't aware they're made in Nina. We might uh, get someone on for the company to talk to us about it because anyone who's used them, I mean, they're, they're a fantastic product. So yeah, we will look into that uh, a bit more. But finally for this morning, the Tipperary Business Awards hosted by the County Tipperary Chamber of Commerce will take place at the Hotel Manila on Friday, October 7th and tickets are available online at the Chamber website. The shortlist for each prestigious category have been revealed with a great spread of industry and locations across the Premier County represented. For more on this now, I'm joined by Kerry ann Lorden, Director of County Tipperary Chamber of Commerce. Kerry, good morning to you. Good morning, Alison. Thanks for having me. Not at all. A pleasure to have you. So the shortlist has been announced. Uh, what can you tell us? Who's been nominated? Yeah, so it's, it's really exciting now. It all heats up from here on in. Um, just to run through some of the categories, the CSR Community Impact Award, sponsored by Permanent TSB, has seen the Showground Shopping Centre in Clonmel, Rhymes Cleaning in Thurlis and Community Power in Nina, all shortlisted there. The Employer of the Year Award, aptly sponsored by Skillnet, sees the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel, Surecom in Care, a telecom network solutions company, and Waystone and Cashel, a global assets management company in the middle of a recruitment drive, actually, um, all shortlisted there. The next category is the Best Workplace Wellbeing, Diversity and Inclusion category, sponsored by Grant Thornton. Ryan's Cleaning are shortlisted here as well, alongside Boston Scientific and Cantwell Engineering in Erlingford. A really lovely category every year, the Social Enterprise of the Year Award is sponsored by Boston Scientific. And here we have Down Syndrome Tipperary, Tipperary Credit Union and South Tipperary Arts Centre, all uh, shortlisted. Next category was really, really well entered. There was a lot of applications for it. Uh, tough one for the judges. It's sponsored by Buttermere Engineering, who won the award last year of overall business of the year. And it's the prize for innovation. That is uh, a really lovely category. And the shortlistees include Bursley Boston, uh, Boston Scientific and Cantwell Engineering. Agribusiness of the Year is sponsored by AIB. And Sack Nurseries in Care, Magner's Farm in Balanunti and the Field Exchange at Brookfield Farm in Nina have all been shortlisted. The Outstanding Customer Experience Award sponsored by Comida, this created a bit of hype as well with applications flooding in from all across the county. Uh, Clonmel Credit Union, Laurel the Salon in Clonmel and AOK Dance, Aoife O'Keefe Dance Group in Clonmel have all been shortlisted there. Uh, the next category, an interesting one, Energy Management Leadership Award, and that's sponsored by O'Gorman, Brannigan, Purtle. We're all watching to see what we can learn from our peers in this regard. We have Bulmers in Clonmel, MSD, Ballydyne, and Rhymes Cleaning in Thurlis, shortlisted here. Uh, Digital Transformation is an interesting award sponsored by MSD. We have Clonmel Credit Union, Red PR, and Tipperary mm -hmm. Tourism. Yeah, all, spun, all shortlisted here and in the running. 
the Industry 4.0 Smart Manufacturing Award has been sponsored by Bulmers. And we have Bursley Bottling, Boston Scientific and Shore Common Care all shortlisted. And the final category, one that's always close to my heart, is the Startup Award. And that's sponsored by local enterprise office Tipperary. And the three shortlistees here are the lunch bag in Nina, who wouldn't have gone astray in my house this morning, uh, Mommy, uh, Mind Mummy Coaching and Soccer Goals Academy. Those are the three shortlisted. On top of this, Alison, we also have the overall Business of the Year Award, which is um, one of the winners of each of the categories will win this and be named the overall Business of the Year. It's in association with Choose. And they are innovation and educational partners at the Chamber. And then there's a really, really lovely one, if I can talk yeah. about it, the President's Award, um, sponsored by ABP Food Group. It's an award bestowed by our, bestowed by our President, Paula Kearney-Hoffler, each year at her discretion. It's a temporary individual that has made a huge impact. And I can't tell you who is nominated for it, but what I can tell you is they'll certainly add to the entertainment factor on the night. So it's Fantastic. shaping up to be a really, really good night. Yeah, look forward to it. When is it on again, Kerry ann so, so it's on Friday week. So Friday that's week. Friday the 7th of October in Manila. And tickets are available at the Chamber website. Uh, they're €120 Euros per person or €1,000 for a table of 10, plus that. And it includes, it's a really good evening out. You know, even if it's just a gang of friends getting together, it includes Prosecco reception, a delicious four-course meal with wine. There's music with Dom O'Driscoll. There's the awards show proper with Paul Collins and seeing it. And then we have music afterwards with lots of dancing. Uh, performed by Super Soul Machine. So it's Great. really, really worth gathering the gang together and getting your bums on seats and your glad rags on. Well, look forward to it, Kerry. And thanks for talking to us this morning. Best of luck to all the businesses nominated for those awards. I'm sure we'll talk to you ahead of that, but best of luck with it. Thank you so much, Alison. Really appreciate it. Not at all. Thanks, Kerry. And that's it for today. Just to let you know, our winner of the gym competition, that is four months membership at the Talbot Leisure Centre in Clonmel. It's Chloe Kennedy at 56 Highfield Grove in Clonmel. Well done to you, Chloe. We'll be in touch regarding that. And if you weren't lucky today, we'll give you another chance tomorrow. I'm back with you tomorrow morning from 9am. Poor Francis has man flu. Light a candle. I'm sure he'll be fine, though. Stephen is up next with the Time Tunnel. Until then, have a great day. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.